Welcome once again to the Ashy Knuckles podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brian W. I got my boy, Mosey P., my co-host, Marky G., and we got a guest today, uh, Mr. Eddie Bravo Jr. himself, my boy, RJ. What's up? Yo, yo. Mo, Mo, what's up, man? How you doing, Mosey? Pretty good. Pretty good. Marky G, sound off for the people. I'm just chilling and excited for this week. It is finally upon us, man. We got like three more sleeps, and UFC Duval is in the house, baby. Three, is it three more sleeps or two more sleeps? Wait, let me see. Thursday, Friday. It's two more sleeps. No, three two more, more sleeps tonight. Oh, three more. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. You got to count gonna, tonight, too. I did the math in my head, so don't, you know. <laughs> Hey, don't yeah, make fun of the non-Asian for his actually, math skills. It's actually. <laughs> <laughs> we got, listen, we got a really interesting card coming up. However, let's talk about last week's card. We had a freebie, um, Whitaker versus Gaston, the main event. We'll get to that one in a second. But we also had one of our OGs fighting, one of the OG heavyweights, one of the original UFC heavyweight champions, Andre Ovlowski. How'd you see that? <clears throat> did you guys see that fight? And if you did, what'd you think? I missed it. I thought you was going to talk about uh, Jake Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here for the Jake Paul and uh, Ben Askren fight. Yeah, me too, man. That's all I'm here for. All five seconds of it. Yeah, I was just here for that. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know. I thought it was gonna be snacks too. Well, um, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> no, yeah, I missed that on, fight. Yeah, the stats on Andre Ablosky for his age. Man, he threw two hundred and twenty-six punches. That's crazy. Over over the other guy was 200, 200 wow. punches. How old is he now? Is he forty yet? Yeah, he's like forty-two. I think. Let me you don't see. look forty-two. That's the original Pitbull, right? Yeah. Not the rapper. Mm -hmm. And not Patricio. Or any of the other thousand fucking Pitbull MMA fighters. I need to retire that nickname. He's the original Pitbull to me, man. Alves. Yep, Alves. You know what? Let's talk about that for a second. We'll get back to the recap uh, after that. But what's up with all these... all these goofy-ass nicknames. Why does every UFC <laughs> fighter have to have a nickname? The Hands of Stone. <laughs> See, like, if it fits, if, like, you're knocking people out and you got a good nickname, like Hands of Stone or the Widowmaker or some shit, or if you earn that spider. Nickname, that's cool, but a lot of these cats are just, like, giving themselves nicknames. Yeah. Did you? Uh, at the, what, what, what's Gasolum yeah. Blumini, right? Ga- Kelvin Blumini Gasolum? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. No, it's it's. it's hey, 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 oh, actually, actually, Ovlowski did the Blumini, and you know this, Mo. Oh, he did. Who did he knock out? And he do that? I, I remember that. That was man. a long time ago. Now that he did more of like a. Uh, I don't know what that was. It was like a Harlem shake going forward. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, that boy did this, Mo. Look, 
for people who obviously there's no audio, what Eddie Bravo Jr. just did was a, <laughs> a, a, a shoulder shimmy and some. Oh, he he rocked it. He was like, ooh, oh, ooh. oh my god. Somebody get this guy out of here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Only get get Let's go. You can get it all out, man. Get it all out. Get it out. <laughs> yes. But, ah. but there's a lot. There's a lot of like goofy nicknames. Well, obviously, no no one's like trying to call him out right now. But I will. There's been. I, I just. I look at. You look at down the roster. Every time you see a name, you see a nickname attached to it. I feel like nicknames should be earned and not given. Um, you definitely shouldn't create your own nickname. That's a little weird, bro. I get the marketing side of it. I get that it can kind of like you know create a little buzz if you're Street Jesus instead of being you know Jorge Masvidal, or if you get you know Kobe Chaos Covington sounds a little bit better than just Kobe Covington. But some of these nicknames, man, I'm just like, I just kind of cringe, man. It's, it doesn't really, I don't think it adds to the fighter's um, resume. I think what you do in the cage should dictate what your nickname is, not some comic book creation. Bro, listen to me. Frank Triggs' nickname is Twinkle Toes. Like, that, is a, that is probably one of the worst. It's great. For him. Frank Twinkle Toe Triggs. Oh, you know that he's works a for his, now, right? his personality, and I don't know. Twinkle Toes works for me for Frank Triggs. For, for okay, let's okay. Let's go. Over some I think a lot of them come from the amateur scene. Yeah, they come from the regionals. The regionals kind of give them the these nicknames so people can latch on to something for them because no one remembers regular names of the regionals. So I think they just give them something to latch on to until they're actually make a name for themselves. You should uh, yeah. You should uh, talk about Whitaker and Gastelum before we go on this this crazy rant. Of oh no, hold on, before be, hey, before we do that, who has one of the best nicknames though? Like to you guys, that's easy. That's easy. Oh, all the all the nicknames, all the nicknames that fit, like the Nigerian Nightmare, um, Kamaru Usman. The Predator, Francis Ngannou, they, they all make sense. And one of my favorite ones, she is, it's not her nickname. She go, Her nickname actually is Magnum. <laughs> Waylee. I like Waylee's, uh, Zhang Waylee's mm-hmm. nickname, but I like that she also goes, my name is Zhang Waylee. Remember my name, because you will know this name. I like how she used to do that like every time she like basically decapitated some girl. I think I think I think the best nickname probably has to be the zombie because he changed his name to the zombie. You get what I'm saying? Like people call him the zombie. They don't even call him his real name. That is true. I mean like Matt you, Brown with the, the immortal. Web- oh, immortal is dope too. Yeah. That's a good one. Oh, bullet Valentina. Valentina Shevchenko. Oh, the bullet. The Very bullet. fitting. There's good ones. They're just, there's just very few good ones and a lot of shitty ones. That's all. And 2,000 fucking pit bulls. Yes. Yeah. And cyborgs. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have like a, a chihuahua? Or, they need um, a chihuahua. Didn't they have a Doberman? 
Didn't they somebody call himself Drew Doberman? No, no, that's Drew Dober. That's his name, right? That's it. Drew Dober is a fighter, but Mm -hmm. was he the Doberman? I don't think so. I think so, actually. I think I remember somebody saying that, like in his earlier fights. I think a lot of them try to let go of him, though. Hey, Whitaker's name's pretty dope. Either one. Uh, The Reaper. The Reaper. Either one. Bobby Either Knuckles. One. It's like, that, that's a, that's a cool. That's a cool name. Yeah, that's a cool. Bobby yep. yeah. I just love his logo too. Albender's like, pretty dope too, man. Like, yeah, Albender's pretty dope. That's original. Stalbender's awesome. That's a good one. Like, <clears throat> they're not. They're not all bad. There's like, okay, if you look at the whole roster, right? There's probably what. Two hundred fighters, maybe more. How about the How about the gorilla, Darren Till? Well, there's there's Darren Till, the gorilla. There's in that same division, in the middleweight division, there's the killer gorilla, Cannoneer. Yeah. So like everybody, the animal stuff. Everybody <laughs> adopts the animal things. We got the Leoto, the dragon, Machida. We got um, lion Anthony Lionheart Smith. Then you got the lioness, Amanda Nunes. So everybody adopts the, the eagle. Oh, being yeah. the eagle. You know, like they got a lot of animal. Nunes, Nunes. Hey, that fits Nunes, though, man. When she puts that mask on and she's weighing in, boy. Hey, you know, it's, it's, it's game time. It does feel pretty good. To kind of segue off of that, though, man, we got two, like, really good title fights in the women's division coming up. Um, we can go back and talk about this Whitaker, <clears throat> Whitaker versus Gaston fight first. What'd you think, man? Did you see it? Did you see that fight last week, Mo? I saw it uh, Sunday morning. Okay. Like I, I said, I he was one and then I rewatched ahead. it. What was that, Mark? I said I watched it and then I rewatched it because I had to make sure I knew what I was seeing. All right. So, uh, what'd, what'd you see? So, I just told. Where Robert Whitaker was putting down Kelvin's offense the whole way through. I, like, he just shut everything down. Yeah, he got caught, I think, in the second second round. He got caught pretty clean. But, but other than that, he learned, and he just shut down everything, where Kelvin just didn't really have an answer. He was always in the fight, but never really, never really in it. At the same time, that fifty forty five was a perfect decision. Yeah, yeah, he definitely. Um, I think um, I think you're right. I feel like um, after watching that fight, Robert Whitaker to me looks he looked on a different level. He was so much faster than Kelvin. He was like you said, he adapted <clears throat> and figured Kelvin's offense offense out. And that three to one favorite that he had coming into it was ju- justified, bro. He looked really good. So um, obviously, the next step up for my boy Bobby Knuckles would be a rematch. But do you think he can beat Israel? Look, <clears throat> it, do I think he can beat him? Um, I feel like uh, Adesanya would still be a favorite versus Robert Whitaker. <laughs> I think all, all things that. Um, well, everything they both, the skills that they both possess, I think the edge will line up for Stylebender 
But damn, did uh, Whitaker look good, man. Like, he was very impressive. And he's a former champion himself. I can't take anything away from him. So I feel like um, – I, I know I'm, I'm, I want to see it. I want to see the rematch. But I, I do believe that uh, Style Bender would be the favorite. This fight's going to be go a lot different than before. Yeah, I don't think uh, Whitaker is going to go in there trying to rush in and be all in Izzy's face like he did the first time. It'll be 100% different, I think. If that Whitaker that fought Kelvin Gaslam shows up, then it's 100% a toss-up who can win that fight. Yeah, it'll be the, the, the most original... technical fight. Right. He's been having these chess matches that he's been saying he's had. And I think that it'll be the same with Izzy. Mm -hmm. I do think, though, that Izzy should come in as the favorite. And Izzy probably, with the reach advantage, will have the best chance at winning the fight. But that Whitaker, that Whitaker right there, I think, can adapt and find a way in. I don't think he'll rush in. I don't know where he was mentally with that first fight. What he was doing, trying to be Kelvin Gaslam or some crap, I don't know. But that wasn't Whitaker that fought the first time. So I no. want to see what the real Whitaker can do. Will the real Bobby Knuckles please stand up? Yes, please. <clears throat> what do you think, RJ? <clears throat> I don't know, man. I just it's just going to be a little harder for um for Whitaker to. What we saw, I thought, I thought he could beat Israel the first time they fought. But we really don't know if that was really the Robert Whitaker or it was just Israel looked that good, you know what I'm saying? Because in middleweight, he looks absolutely amazing in middleweight um, stylebender. But we never know, man. Uh, Whitaker is just, he's so game. And, um, but I, I feel like I favored stylebender and, I, and I'm a big Whitaker fan. You know, I'm going to be rooting for Whitaker, but, you know, I just don't I just don't see it, though, man. I don't think he has enough power to knock him out. I just I don't see it. Well, <clears throat> if, if this will provide you with a little bit of comfort, it's not the power that really will get a guy out of there. Every person in the middleweight division has enough power to land a knockout blow. It's not the power. It's can you set the shot up to get there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Can you connect with that shot? And that's what a lot of a lot of the guys aren't able to do against Stylebender. He's he has over a hundred kickboxing fights, so it's really difficult for guys mm -hmm. to knock him out with a strike. You can you can't throw anything at him that he hasn't already seen before. Yep. Because not even um, Jan Blahovich, who's a much bigger, much more powerful striker, he wasn't able to knock him out. So that should give you a, a big tell into what you're dealing with. I don't think it's a power striker that is a, a threat to knock him out. However, a technical striker like Robert Whitaker, a guy who can set up shots, a guy who can throw combinations, you saw what he did <clears throat> versus Jerry Cannonier. And by he, I mean Robert Whitaker where he was setting up a lot of those same side strikes, like where he would throw, he would throw a left hook, a straight right hand, and then a straight, and then a right high kick off the straight right hand, where it's so seamless. Like it wasn't like a, a wind up. It was like- Yeah, straight. but Izzy, 
But AZ knows that, though. That's the only weapon he has, really. It's really the one-two left kick, you know what I'm saying? And AZ knows that. So, And the thing is, when when Cannoneer hit him, it, it was a different story. When when he hit Robert Whitaker, like, he felt that. You know what I'm saying? Like, So that's the reason why I feel like if that's the only tool he's going to bring into that match, there's no way you're going to be, uh, beat uh, Izzy. Well, that's his main. That's his main tool. It's the one-two, the one-two well, high kick. Well, um, he 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 has an array of ways to set up his high kicks, and that yeah. his high kicks are probably his most damaging weapon besides his left hand. Um, I, th- I think Robert's striking has gotten better, though. If you look at the Calvin fight, the angles he was taking and the um, speed that he showed. He can hit anybody, bro. I don't care. It doesn't matter. When you have that kind of skill set, you can hit anyone. Now, can he overcome the reach disadvantage to get inside, to land those strikes? That's the real question. But the ability to set up strikes and not be predictable, because you got to understand, too, this is one thing that um, Robert understands. He knows that Izzy knows what's coming, too. Mm-hmm. So you have time to get ready and develop a strategy as well. And I think this guy's yeah, a, what? well, Robert's a championship level fighter. He was the former champion. So guys like that, you don't just you don't get to the top of the mountain without having that edge of being able to develop a good game plan. Yeah, one thing that I the one thing that I hope that uh Whitaker Whitaker would learn is from the, out of the Cannoneer fight and the last fight uh, with Sal Bender is he never keeps his right hand up. That's why he always gets hit with the left hand. And he and it always rocks him. Like he needs to learn when he throws punches, put his hand back, but he doesn't. He always gets caught. And that's why he always I gets disagree hit. disagree with that. I disagree with that for one reason. Whitaker has a fighting style almost, well similar in ways to Anderson Silva, where he likes to keep his arms loose and down, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's how he hides a lot of his punches. He hides his punches mm-hmm. by, by keeping it loose, and he keeps the head, like, just out of range with head movement. His head movement's amazing. In the Kelvin yeah. Gaslam, if you take anything out of that Kelvin Gaslam fight, his head movement kept him right on the edge of Kelvin's punches every time and right there for a counter. It won't be that easy to do that with Stylebender because the counters won't be there because Stylebender's reach is too much. But his head movement's amazing, and I feel like if he always comes back and brings up his arm, it's going to change his game too much, and he's going to telegraph some of those punches a little too much doing that. His style caters to his arms down. Yeah, I feel you on that, but you have to go through fire with Stylebender to get in, to get a punch in, and... If you're keeping your hands down and you have your and you're throwing a left hook to set up a high kick, your right hand is down. Stalbender is going to do that left same hook. It's going to connect again. He did it in the first round and he did it in the second round. So he mm-hmm. has to figure something out. He doesn't have to even put his hand up, his right hand up, but he got to figure something out. You can't just go in through the fire with Stalbender like he did the first and second fight. You know they're going to be the uh, first and second round. Yeah. Mark has a point, though. Um, what Mark was saying, there's a reason why he doesn't hold his hands up like that, and it's the highest strikes. Like a, we, <clears throat> a lot of elite level strikers, they put, they put their hands down. They would they at least keep their hands at waist level because 
first of all, you, you, if you're covering up, you're already in trouble. Like, yeah. you know, a good striker, if you're just covering up, that's when you're already hurt. You want to get your head off the center line. You want to get your body and your footwork in a position to avoid the strike. Mm -hmm. Putting your hands up isn't enough because, like, we know with those little gloves, the, the strike can still get around that, especially the hooks. Yeah. It can still get around that guard. And you, you're basically trying – once you're putting your hands up, you're basically trying to survive. Um, but what, Rob, what Robert does is similar to what Adesanya does. They both hold their hands low at their waist, and they're just trying to hide where the strike is coming from. Because when you have your hands straight up in a traditional boxing stance with boxing gloves, it's a little bit easier to – you know what's coming. You, I mean, you can hide your strikes a little bit more when you have big boxing gloves and you're using combination punching and you don't have to worry about head kicks or leg kicks or knees and all that such or, or stuffed takedowns. However, in a mixed martial arts fight, when you have to stuff takedowns, you have to worry about head kicks and leg kicks. It does make it better to keep your hands low. So you can like you can stop that shot. You can you can hide your hands. So I don't think keeping his hands up necessarily will give him an edge defensively in stopping style benders counterhooks. I think patience setting up his shots and not bull rushing in will help him be more successful. Will that work? Because obviously both guys are going to make adjustments. Will that be enough? We don't know. We do know Adesanya can be hurt. We saw that in the Calvin Gastelum fight. Calvin was actually able to land a high kick on Adesanya and hurt him. He was also able to land lots of offense in that in those firefights, like you mentioned. And Calvin has a much shorter reach than Whitaker has. So the distance for Calvin to close is longer. But the the difference in this this incarnation of Robert Whitaker is the speed. He looks so much more crisp and fast in his last two fights versus Jerry Cannonier and versus Kelvin Gastelum than he did in previous fights. Because I think one thing that a lot of um, a lot of guys that come from 170 pounds and move up, they try to get a little bit bigger to deal with the, the, the grappling of the much bigger competition. But what Whitaker's strong point is his speed and his reflexes, and he seems to be going back to that. That's the guy that beat Yoel Romero twice. That speedy, fast reflexes, able to you know be resilient and go to go to distance and outlast guys. I think it'll be a good. One. It's, it's intriguing. I'm I'm excited for it. I want to see this fight. And even though Marvin Vittori um, is you know staking the claim to, that he wants to be the next guy in line because he did give um, Izzy besides Kelvin, he gave Izzy his hardest match, his hardest fight at middleweight, and. Marvin Vittori also has the wrestling ability to be able to duplicate the only way we've seen Israel Adesanya lose in the UFC, and that's by nullifying him, keeping him on his back. So we we really I, I don't think um, he did enough to deserve to to get a title shot over Robert Whitaker, but I I definitely want to see Marvin Vittori Adesanya too, if if possible. Yeah, yeah Whitaker fought everybody since uh, Izzy, and looked right. impressive. Right. I mean, the Darren Till fight was close, but he ran away with it. Jerry Cannonier, I think, hurt him once during that fight, 
But First other than that, it was a unanimous decision. Exactly. <clears throat> and the Kelvin Gaston was just a shutout. It was. Kelvin never gave up, but it was a shutout. Was that the original fight? No. Yeah. I thought uh, Gaston versus, or I thought it was supposed to be Whitaker versus who was the original opponent? That was that was the original. Was it the original? I yeah. thought someone pulled out for that one. It was the Till and Vittori one that got changed. Correct. Till and Vittori got changed. It, 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 it was Vittori versus Holland instead. Yeah. 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 That was the original. In fact, that was the original title fight before Izzy got his title. It was. Kel, uh, Gaston, not Gaston, but Gaston, oh, I'm sorry, um, Robert Whitaker had to pull out of that fight originally. Mm-hmm. That was the original title fight. That's when his stomach yeah. got messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> it's it's is it it's this that division, man, is very interesting. Because there's some other there's a lot of uh this new Brunson, this new focus level of Brunson looks pretty good too. And you know he has the power to get anybody out of there. I think he has yeah, a I mean, middleweight. Top fifteen in this in the middleweight division right now is loaded with killers that all have potential. Everyone in the top 10 could be champ, period. They could be champ. And 10 through 15, they're all people that as long as they keep their mind focused and actually mix things up, they could all be champ. Like Uriah Hall this weekend. Uriah Hall has always had the possibility of being champ. But he just mentally never showed up to a lot of the fights that he needed to. So, Kevin Holland, same. If Kevin Holland can just tighten up his wrestling, he could be champ. They're all killers. It was supposed to be Whitaker versus Costa. Uh Yeah, that's what it was. Costa got injured, right? Uh, He drank another bottle of wine. Got sick, tummy hurt. <laughs> I think he had COVID or something, right? Yeah, seriously. And mine. And uh, contenders, uh, Chimaev is back. Uh, he's back in training and out of retirement. So I'm not sure if he's going to come back to middleweight or drop down to 170. But if he does come back to middleweight, that adds another contender um, to this this whole fit. And he's coming for the belt. He's coming. He to go, but I mean, he def- he has the skill set. He definitely has the skill set to beat the current champion because he's a great yeah. wrestler. However, he got a long way to go before I can give him um, any any credit of uh, well, any kind of consideration of being a title contender. I mean, I think he's definitely had he has potential, but there's a lot. If of he guys. if he destroys Neil Magny in the first round, he's a contender. If no. In my mind, yeah, no, he got beat, dude. The top five of welterweight is serious. Yeah. The top yeah. five, and you, you just said, and you just mentioned him fighting a, a one seventy. I was thinking about him because he, you know, he beat um Gerald Mirshot, Gerald Mirshot, Mirshot, yeah, yeah, he, he won us Saturday one eighty five. He beat him at eighty five, and he can. He's a guy that can bounce between both divisions, very similar to Kevin mm-hmm. Holland. 
But um, I think. He, but he's a naturally he he naturally fights at one seventy though. No, he cuts a lot of weight to get the one seventy. Yeah, his but that's his not. His yeah, more natural weight class is uh one eighty. Yeah, but he he when when he joined the UFC, he was his natural weight to fight for is one seventy. But they wanted they asked him to fight at one eighty, and he took it. That's that's what I was trying to. That's what I mean. Like uh, yeah. Calvin Gastelum, Calvin Gastelum, and Robert Whitaker both started their careers at one hundred and seventy pounds, and it wasn't because like they can't make eighty five. It's just that cutting the weight and fighting at a smaller weight gives you an edge if you become the bigger guy on fight night. But the only thing is, like everybody's doing it, so like you're really not the. Big, that's what they found out. That's what Rob found out. At least he was like, "Look, I'm not even the bigger guy." Most of the time at 170. You think he's going to be the bigger guy versus Kamaru Usman? No. <laughs> like, he's cutting that weight. It's not going to – I mean, you, you better, you're better off having your vitality instead of killing yourself two weeks before the fight. And that's – that's, look, you look at the results. Um, Kelvin Gastelum has looked as good as ever at 85. He's beaten, he's beaten a lot of who's who at 185. And Robert Whitaker was the champion. He went from being a 170 pound. He had some. He got remember he got knocked out by Wonder Boy at 170, and he had some mixed results in there. But he 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 went the distance twice with Yoel fucking Romero at 85 to to become the champ and to retain the championship. So that's that's pretty. That's a that's a, that's a little telling thing for me. I'm like when you look at the guys. Um, I mean, it's obviously. Guys who have moved up in weight who has haven't had the same amount of success, but it, it, I think it's a testament when you see guys have success because it definitely gives them more to pull from in those um, championship rounds when you're not draining yourself constantly to make weight. You guys ready? You guys ready to talk about UFC Duval? Yes. You guys ready? Oh, yes, sir. Where you guys want to start? Main card. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me uh, let me give a shout out before we start on this main card. Let me give a shout out to my boy Gabe at Publix, y'all biggest fan, y'all number, y'all number one fan is is Gabe. You know, he he was talking to me and he asked me, when are you gonna come back? So I'm gonna give him a shout out. And hold on, let me. I gotta play a song for him because. Hold on a second. Hold on, I got you. All right, Gabe. I give you a shout-out, man. <laughs> yo, that that song never played, bro. It was like, uh, it sounded like you were doing a scratch and mix, like. Really? <laughs> I couldn't hear it. Y'all couldn't hear it. Hey, it was uh, Hulk Hogan's theme song. Oh, no. But, hey, shout-out to Gabe, though, man. That, that is your biggest fan, man. And I can, just, I can just tell the way he talks about you guys. Well, Gabe is in for a treat because the first uh, fight that we're going to talk about on this next card is his boy, his boy, <laughs> Chris Weidman. American, Chris Weidman taking on, a, 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 well, this fight, if this fight happened, if this fight would have happened five years ago, this could have been a battle between two top-tier middleweights, two guys who had a legit shot for the middleweight crown. However, in that five years, both guys have had a lot of inconsistency and some ups and downs, mostly downs. 
Um, however, Uriah Hall versus um, geez, Chris Wyman, it should be interesting. Uh, Uriah is on a, a little bit of a win streak here, and uh, Chris Wyman is looking to get back into the fold, so it should be a good one matchup wise. I know why I'm leaning matchup wise based off, you know, the things that I know from these two fighters. But I want to get your opinion on this one, RJ. What do you think? I think that, man, listen, man, I'm a big fan of Chris Weidman. But the last fight I seen him, or even the last two fights, he, he doesn't look like the same Chris Weidman that, you know, fought Anderson Silva or... Like just he just it seemed like he just runs out of gas in the first round. I I, I just don't. It's I don't know if he just wants to be there anymore. It's just what he wants to do. But um, Hall is just man. That's just so hard to bet against him, man. Right now. All right. How do you, how do you, see, how do you see the matchup between these two going, though? Hall. I think Hall might knock Weidman out, man. I just that's just the way I feel right now. But you never know, man. If Chris Weidman is really training, he could still take him down and punish him. And you know, Hall always gets tired when people <clears throat> take him down. So I just don't know, man. It's just that's a toss up for me. All right, toss up, Marky G. What do you think, bro? It's it's all about for me. It's Uriah Hall's fight to lose. It's his fight to lose. Uriah Hall should win this. Chris Weidman, although has been competitive in a lot of his previous fights, he's just... Father time got him a little early, is the way I feel like it. His time has come and mm -hmm. gone, in my honest opinion. He was a killer back in the day, but he has just not evolved the way that he should have, and he seems quite a bit slower than he was before. Mm -hmm. And being slow against Uriah Hall ain't a good thing. And if the killer Uriah Hall can show up, he's getting knocked out easily. Easily. But if Uriah Hall comes in gun-shy like he's so famously has in so many fights, then he's just going to get taken down. He's just going to get taken down and pounded into a unanimous decision. But... My gut wants the new era to come up. I think it's Uriah Hall's time to shine, and I'm looking for a second round knockout. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm look I'm kind of looking at the stats on um on Chris Weidman. Like he's been knocked out in the last past seven fight. Like and then one out of two he out of two he he won two, and then he got knocked all knocked out like uh, the last five. It's well, he went, he went, he went, it's his, he actually went knockout, 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 win, knockout, yeah. win. There's yeah. something there, man. You know, he, like, like, like Mark said, if, if he comes in there slow against Hall, he's going to get knocked out easily. And I hate to say it. Mm -hmm. Mo, what do you think? I'm going to lean with uh, Gabe's homie on this one. If it uh, if it's the Uriah Hall that's always scared to pull the trigger, he's just gonna get taken down. He might even get TKO'd in early first or second round. Something yeah. it probably won't go to decision. He might just get pieced up on the ground and then call it a day. But 
Weidman's chin has been gone since Yoel came blasting him with a flying knee. Yep. He ain't been the same since. So we'll see. The same since. Well, well, here's what um what RJ Sanders was talking about earlier. He said Weidman hasn't looked the same since those Anderson Silva fights. When he, when Chris Weidman first fought Anderson Silva, Chris was undefeated. Mm-hmm. So there's a level of confidence, a level of um aura that guys have when they're undefeated. And he looked good in every fight leading up to that Anderson Silva fight. So he came into that fight fighting mm-hmm. against one of the legends of the sport, probably um, the best middleweight champion to ever hold the strap. And he had a lot of confidence knowing that, okay, I match up well against this guy. I've already fought this guy in my mind a million times because, like, you know, when you're the champion, you're the top dog, every contender is – they know you're the, you're the guy to beat to get the strap. So everybody's attention is focused on you. And Weidman at that time was undefeated. Um, you gotta understand. You gotta understand too. Weidman beat Vito Belfort when he was on TRT, so you know he was something serious. You know what I'm saying? He was off TRT. Oh, he was off TRT. They had banned it. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. He was on something though, but it wasn't TRT. Okay, that was his first fight back after TRT, I think. Yeah. Oh, uh, like, okay. That's when they banned it officially. Right, and I'm looking at the. If you look at the actual names that um, Weidman lost to, that's not a list to scarf at. Luke Rockhold at the time, Luke Rockhold, even though Luke Rockhold is very chinny, he still is a powerhouse. He can take anybody yep. out. Yep. And I mean, if, you, if, he, if he himself doesn't get knocked out, Luke's a whole load, and he can do everything. He can wrestle, he can strike. He has that championship pedigree to be able to like take the fight anywhere it goes. Yeah, Yo, was the very next fight after getting after he got knocked out by TKO'd and dominated by Rockhold. His very next fight was fucking the Cuban Missile Crisis. It's not his name, but <laughs> <laughs> Soldier of God, Yoel. Speaking of nicknames, what a nickname. Um, Yoel obviously flying me, TKO. Then he fought Gegard Musasi. That was yep. a beatdown. You know what I mean? Like that, th- those three names are these are all championship level guys. Couple of these guys are champions, and Romero has fought for the title a bunch of times. Um, yeah, but Chris game. Chris Weidman was winning that fight though until he got kneed in the third round against a who? Flying knee. The flying Wait, knee. He was winning what fight? He was fight winning all wise against Yoel. Yeah, the first two rounds he was out striking Yoel, and then he got flying knee. He was winning. I will, implore, I will implore you to rewatch that fight. He, he was. He, Winning the first two rounds versus Yoel. He he probably had the points in his he favor. Had the points. He was alive in the first two rounds versus Yoel. But if you remember that fight. Then he shot him for the uh takedown yeah, to his power knee. Yeah. He got stuffed the first time, and then that fight turned into a whole different ball. Yeah, game. but there was only there was only 50 seconds left when he got need. He would have won the fight. Four points. If you look oh. at the fight. No, 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 no. He got knocked out in the beginning of the uh, round. Oh, it was like the, uh, it was a third round knockout. I don't know the time, but I know it was third round knockout. Yeah, it, was, it was early in the third round. It was like 24 seconds in. Okay. okay, okay. But all I know, he was winning. I was like, damn, he's actually winning. And then he got flying need in the third round. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, I don't put, first of all, I don't put a lot of stock into that 
whole he was winning thing because that doesn't mean shit to me. Like I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he lost. Everybody, it's a fight, right? Like if you get knocked out, then that guy can go like, okay, I can rack up points while you're knocked out. <laughs> so if we play a point game, get knocked out gets you all the points for the victor. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you were doing leading up to the time you got knocked out. You got knocked out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, because well, <clears throat> the other two fighters that um, with other three fights going up to that, he had a war with Jacare. I mean, he beat Kelvin Gastelum with arm triangle. That was a good one, actually. That was a pretty good back and forth fight. Kelvin blasted him in the first round. He did. You seen that picture they posted of uh, Wyman's face when Kelvin hit him? Yes. Yo, his, yeah. he looked like a, a cartoon character. <laughs> I remember but that. But he came back and won the fight. He was the bigger man in that fight, like size wise. That's why I think won it for him and his wrestling. Yeah. And, and then you look at um, the next two. The one, like I said, the one Jacare fight was that was an absolute war, and they both had a bunch of firefights where Jacare came out on top at the end. Into the third round, he started landing some hooks and got he got uh, Chris Wyman out of there with a KO, and then he got knocked out by Dominic Reyes at two hundred five. I think um, he looked past him, honestly, Reyes. Well, he was he he wanted he he and everyone else were thinking like. I got the skill set it takes to beat John Jones, but you he think, looked past Reyes, right? And and looking and, and and Reyes knocked him out the first round. Yeah, he's so. looked past where he is. He was already talking about his fight with John Jones, blah blah blah. Yeah, that yeah. never happened. Not when you get knocked out. You know, uh, he went on. I believe uh, Ariel's show was talking about he can't wait to be the middleweight champion again. Chris Weidman, yes. Well, if he thinks he can beat Jones, he definitely thinks he has a skill set to beat Stylebender. Oh, he already said he has the perfect skill set to beat Stylebender. He says he's just like uh, Anderson. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. Not completely. Yeah, no. I I think you're right. He's He's not the same guy as Anderson, but you're right in the sense that the game plan to shut him down would be to take him down in the middle of the ring where he looks like he struggles to get back up. He doesn't have the skill set to the two. He's not like Derek Lewis who just stands up. I think <laughs> his age caught up to him for real. What's yeah, up? but 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 he has, like Moses said, he said his age caught up to him, but he's only 36. I mean, I mean, in the fight game, yeah, he's a little older, but he does look slow. I, I just don't see it. Like Surgeries, he, injuries, everything, it yeah, caught up to him. yeah. If Injuries out, and then <clears throat> knockouts. Those knockouts. He got knocked out repeatedly. Yeah. So, and that don't come back. That don't come back. I'm sorry. Yeah. It don't. If, if, if he looks good against Hall, and, like, let's just say he looks dominant against Hall, he has a chance. But if he gets knocked out and looks slow, then there's no chance. There's no way. Even if he does look good against uh, Uriah Hall, he's still... The people in front of him are like all dangerous. Yeah. Can you imagine him against uh, Eraser? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He'd die. Or or Jared Cannoneer. Or Cannoneer. A good matchup with him that I would like to see would be him and uh, Brunson if you want to give him somebody in the top five. Yeah, that's that's a good good fight. 
And I think he gets pieced up by Marvin Vittori as well. But Brunson's calling out their eraser. So, I mean, he want to fight for real. Hey, he's training. He's he's looking a lot better than before. Wow. Hey, he's you know, been in the game a long time, too. It's his time to, like, mm-hmm. he's got to put it into gear. Otherwise, he's going to be gatekeeper forever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he went Super Saiyan, so it's time. I think I think Uriah Hall and Stylebender will be a good fight. I think that's a really great fight. The two stand up, two. I think that would be a really good fight. Like if no one's gonna take each other down, I think that's a really good fight. If he makes it there, you know what I'm saying? He has. I to think Uriah Hall would be like hyped up for that fight, and he would actually yeah. not be gun shy. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, yeah, I think you- Izzy has all the exciting fights. That he could have between Till, Ken Near, uh, Vittori, Uriah Hall, if he ever comes back, rematch between Kelvin Gaslam, even. Like, he has all the options for just exciting fights, period. Hey, you guys yeah. know this is a rematch, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a UFC rematch or a UFC fight before. I think it was uh, the local circuits in New York or something. Yep. When they were both coming up. New Jersey. Oh, Jersey. Buddy. Well, yeah, and that's when Uriah Hall was the champ, and Wyman took his belt. What? Mm-hmm. Who gosh. beat? Who? Who beat? Who beat? Who beat Uriah Hall again? Was it Gasolum? On the show, yeah. The, on the, yeah, yeah. On the show, yeah. Mo, you remember we were going for Uriah Hall, and uh, I was like, "Damn, he's he's gonna lose." Gasolum kept taking him down. I was like, "Damn." Repeatedly. Uh, I, I, I yeah. thought Gaston was going to be really good when he was going down to 170. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, listen, I hate to do this to you guys, but uh, I gave you guys an hour. I was only supposed to give you guys 30 minutes, but uh, yeah, I got to finish all my stuff before Grizel gets here. because we get, We're going to go out to get something to eat, and I got to get all that stuff done. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and pick my Yeah, give my us the fight predictions. Give us the fight uh, predictions. All right, I'm going to go with, um, even though I like Smith, I'm going to go with, um, what's his name, Kraut, Jimmy? Kroot. 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 And I hate to say this because Chris Weidman is, is, is one of my favorite fighters at 185. But I'm going to go with Hall on this one. If my money, if my money wasn't there, I'm going to go with Hall. I got to go with my favorite female fighter. Well, one of my favorite. You know, Cyborg was my favorite, but... Valentina Shevchenko against Andrade. I'm going to go with Valentina. And um, I've been talking about this girl for a very long time before her first fight in the UFC. I am going to go with Zhang against Rose Yamanunes. That's going to be a fight. Yeah. I believe Zhang might stop her in the first round. Um, That's just my prediction. Hey, it can go either way. It can go either way because Rose did give... um, Joanna, a run for her money, and Zhang, that, that could have went either way with Zhang and Joanna. And a lot of people th- thought that uh, Joanna won that fight against Zhang. And it is what it is. I'm going with Zhang. And then I like Masvidal, but I'm going to go with Usman because I think the only thing, the only reason why is because I feel like Masvidal only got one way to win is by knockout. And that's, you know, He's not going to do it. I don't think he can do it. I think Usman's just too powerful. No one's going to beat Usman for a very long time. 
and put some respect yeah. on his name. For real. But those were my pick. So I picked everybody on the left except Anthony Smith. I see what you're looking at. <laughs> I see what you're looking yeah. at. You're looking at the same thing as me. I see what you're looking at. Yeah. So, hey, hey, so are you guys going to the weigh-ins on Friday? Like, I just want to know. I won't be going. No? No, I got to go see MGK. Deep A's boy. Yeah. Hey, Mark, tell your girl, man. You know, what's up? 300 bucks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> If she changed her mind, you got to tell me, please. I told my <laughs> wife already. I was like, hey, listen, I'm taking $300 out in the checking, not in the savings. Because <laughs> that's how your checking and savings work? That's how it works. Instead of through her. <laughs> I got to ask her first. She said, okay, that's baby, how it's go set ahead. Up. Ask for that pre-loan, that, that income. Real. You got to get that pre-approval letter and shit. Gotta get aside. Yeah. Documented. Hey, listen to me. If my wife listen, if my wife's listening to this, this is gonna be her present for me. You know what I'm saying? I got her that Louis Vuitton purse. So please, if she changed her mind, I'll give you three hundred dollars cash. Three hundred dollars cash on you right now. I'll let you know. On me. It's in the car right now. Hey, yo, y'all, let's rob his ass. Hey, so we don't even have you to go got that 300? Let's get him. Let's get him. Yeah, that's a hundred bucks of drinks for each. I appreciate it. Yeah, if she doesn't change her mind, man, hopefully you guys have a good time, man. You know, I know you guys will. Tell Uncle Kevin I said what's up if y'all guys see him over there with you guys. Yeah, we'll see. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought, I thought he. I thought he bought seven tickets. Eight. He seven tickets. Eight. About eight. Man, I'm about to just text him, man, and be like, "Hey, uncle, you know, <laughs> what's up?" They all. Uh, they all have uh, good homes right now. Dang. These pre these prelims look so good, man. We got uh Carl Robinson, Brendan Allen. You got the cowboy. Cowboy Oliveira, Randy Brown, yeah. some good ones, man. We got, and then obviously the main card is ridiculous. The main card is loaded. Um, we can let's let's talk a little bit about um, Anthony Smith versus Jimmy Crude. Um, Mark, I want you to give me your opinion. How do you think? How do you see that fight going? Anthony well, Smith hey, versus hey, Jimmy Crude. I'm gonna holler at you guys later. All right, Mark. All right, later, man. All right, bro, Mosey. Y'all stay safe. All right. Peace. Thank you guys for having me. Ashy Knuckles. <laughs> Take care, bro. <laughs> How do you see it? How do you see uh, Jimmy so, Crew and Anthony Smith? This one's tough for me, too. Because, you know, Anthony Smith also, when his game's on, he, he's a killer in that division. But Jimmy Crew's on the up. He is definitely on the up and up right now, and he is a dangerous, heavy-handed man. And honestly, I see Smith walking into some fucking right overhand, just getting folded like a chair. Honestly. Okay. That's my honest-to-God opinion. I think this is a 
coming out party for Kroot and slightly hoping for it because I'm hoping for like Kroot to get a good win here. Maybe they'll hype up that, you know, Australian card a little bit more and get that Whitaker out of Sonya too in a stadium. That's what they need to so, do for that one. It can't be uh, nowhere else. But I see Anthony Smith as gatekeeper status at this point, and Jimmy Crute's going to say welcome to the the top ten. Okay. So no, I agree with you on that one. Yeah? I like Crute in this one. You know what? Um, this fight to me, I, 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 I like Jimmy Crute for everything you just said. I like the fact that he does have heavy hands. Both guys are orthodox fighters. So they're, they're, they're both staring at each other in a mirror. They're talking about um, fighting style. Jimmy Crute relies a lot, like heavily on his wrestling to set up his strikes. That's what gives him such an edge over most opponents. However, Anthony Smith is really good off his back. And um, in the jujitsu department, so he's not necessarily worried about being taken down. Like that's not that's not the formula to beat Anthony Smith is like taking him down. Usually, the guys that get him out of there are guys that can hurt him on the feet and then stop him from there. Jimmy does have the power to hurt him, but he has to get through a two inch reach disadvantage. So I don't I don't know. I, I a part of me like look. I think Anthony Smith is a live underdog in this one. He's one of the guys that I'm kind of like, I'm leaning towards. Given the fact that, like I said, I think this is a one, this is, Jimmy has a lot of hype and it's been building up some steam over the last, like, his last four or five fights. He's looked really good. But I think this is one of those moments for Anthony Smith, which, like you said, he can become, he, I think you said, you said he has a gatekeeper status. He will be a gatekeeper if he loses this fight. And I think a win propels him back into the title picture, getting, you know, knocking off a guy who has this much hype coming in, coming in behind him. Jimmy Cruz 12 and 1 right now. And um he has a lot of steam built up. So if Anthony Smith can halt that hype train, he can, you know, pick his way up in that. The guys in front of him though are, are killers though. They, they, they are. No, there's no doubt. Anthony Smith, yes. No, no, no doubt about it. There's, uh, we still haven't seen much from Anthony, um, from Rakic. He hasn't, hasn't fought yet since fighting uh, Reyes in two weeks. March, May first, May first. Yeah, that was announced not too long ago, right? Wait, is that Reyes or Prochaka? It's uh, Prochaka against Reyes. Right. I think it's just fought uh Santos. Correct. Correct. I like that Prochaka yeah. dude. I do too. He's he's a beast. He he has some um two oh five gold aspirations. He just passed Reyes. I see uh Rakic against Prochaka for number one contender. Okay, I can see that. Probably on the That's same fair. card as a Glover and uh Jan. That's, That's in September or August. Um, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna officially say Anthony Smith. I'm gonna pick Anthony Smith in that one. Um, and I, I'm gonna go with submission. I'm take Anthony Smith by submission. I'm gonna actually uh, I'm gonna lean there. I can see that happening. That's he's fair. a veteran. Yeah, that's... He's a veteran. He's a veteran. He likes some key locks. 
You're taking Anthony Smith triangle. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Would not have guessed that one. Take in triangle for the triangle finish. So. And I think she was just overly oversized at 115. And I think 25 is probably where she should be. I think it's going to be a good place for her. I think she's going to come in real healthy, energetic, and explosive like she always is. But do I think she's going to beat Shevchenko? No, no. I just think it'll be a tougher fight than some of her other ones. I don't think she'll kick her in the head like Jessica I. I think, nah. you know, she's going to have to actually use her takedown defense and be technical with this one. But still, I say four rounds to one bullet anyways. What do you think, Mo? What do you think, Mo? Yeah, I think it's going to be her toughest uh, title defense. I think Andrade will come in the first round looking solid and then towards as the fight goes on, if it goes on, She'll start to slow down, and then Valentino just pick her apart, maybe even finish her before the fight's over. I, I see – look, I see Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade in a very similar way as I saw Wei Lee versus Jessica Andrade. Um, I just think skill-wise in the stand-up game – Valentina is so much, so much further ahead that she can just set her up and hit her with something like devastating early. Got and good jujitsu too. Yeah, she does, and she has good takedown defense. Um, if if Jessica fights a methodical and patient style, it might end up, you know, going a little bit longer than I think. Which I think this fight is uh, going to be a quick. I'm I'm thinking this might be even the first rounder. I I got first round TKO by Valentina. Good with me, huh? It's good with me. Yeah, I think this might be yeah. a quick. I, I think Valentina. She's coming in as a four to one fame. Deservedly <laughs> so. She's she's um, she's fucking amazing, bro. Like that. The girl. That, she to, to me, Valentina's the best um, female athlete in the in mixed martial arts. In my opinion, even more so than um, Amanda Nunes, I think she's the best. 
So Shevchenko has the record to prove that she is right there with GOAT status if it wasn't for that one blemish of Amanda Nunes, period. She would be the female GOAT. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're one and one, and I want to see the third rematch. And most people do. That's why everyone's good about having a trilogy with two losses. Right. I like I like that. I, I like that idea. Um, so moving on to the next the next title fight, the next the female the, the woman's straw weight. Um, oh, the woman's straw weight title. We got Wei Li Zhang, Wei Li Zhang versus Rose Namin Yunez. Thug girls. The champ. I've been I've been riding with Wei Li for a long time. Because when she first came on the scene, I was like, man, that little chick is violent. Like they mm-hmm. whatever she whatever she going through, once she get in that cage, bro, she is like a fucking Wolverine, bro. She never stops coming forward. She's very powerful, very aggressive. And super technical. She reminds me of like a little female Vanderlei, except she has really good. She has really good technical defense in those exchanges. She's never. She doesn't just wing stuff and leaves herself open for counters. When she throws in bunches, she's still protected. She's very, 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 very sound. Um, however, I've been a Rose fan since. Uh, I mean, forever, even when she had hair. When she had hair, <laughs> no, when yeah. she had hair, she was tough still, right? Mm-hmm. When she just like beat you up and then she would beat every girl up and then start crying at- afterwards. I was like, man, that girl's uh, she's something else. This matchup, though, look, I really think that Rose is a favorite in my eyes, even though she's not definitely not a favorite on paper. And my when I see this matchup. I think that this matchup really similar to um, Rose Namajunas when she fought Joanna when Joanna was a dominant champion. I think Rose takes that underdog role personally, and she's able to raise her level of um, skill when she's fighting someone that no one thinks she can beat. Um, and that's that's kind of where I see this going. I think I don't Rose, think it's like that this time though. What do you mean? I think people are saying she this is a close fight. It's not like the first fight when she fought uh Joanna. She well, was yeah. like a super underdog. I should have bet on that one. The odds was too yeah. good. She's a she's a she's a two to one dog in this one. This one? Hmm. Rose is crazy. Two to one dog? Rose is a two to one. Well, Rose is plus one seventy-five. Okay. Close enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I look, I, I like I like this the this is one one I'm gonna give you one punch that I like from Rose that I feel like would be the difference in this fight. That's Rose's left hook. It's fast, it's powerful, and Wei Lee can be hit. She got hit a lot in that um matchup we just talked about with Joanna. She got hit a lot, but Joanna is not – she's never been known for her power. She's like a female Max Holloway where she just tries to beat you up and land a lot of, um, like, point strikes. She's not necessarily trying to get you out of there. Her, she's trying to beat you with just volume. And she was able to put a lot of volume on Wei Li. Um, 
I, I feel like Rose, if she can, Rose does have the power to put people away. Um, you see, you've, we've already seen that she actually knocked, she TKO'd. Um, <clears throat> Joanna. She TKO'd Joanna with, with, that, with that left hook. And I think that punch will be a big factor in this fight. However, if, I think if Wei Li is getting hurt, she will try to uh, engage in grappling, which she's strong at as well. Rose has good submissions. So this is where, to me, this is the, the, uh, the catalyst in this fight. Will Wei Li engage in wrestling or won't she? If this is a straight-up kickboxing match, I'm going to lean Rose. If this isn't a straight kickboxing match, I think it's anybody's fight, but I would lean Wei Li. Dude, she got 100% takedown defense. Whaley. Yeah, I was about to say, Rose don't have that after Carlos Esparza. No, no, oh, no, no. God. I was saying that Whaley might go for rest, go, go to, for grappling. No, I, I was just surprised at that. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. like, I, did, I, did, I was wondering, like, because I've never seen her on the ground, so that's why. I've, I've never seen her taken down, but I've seen Yeah, that's her what I meant, on the bottom. Yeah, no. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think so either. I don't see this fight. I don't see Rose shooting on her either. Maybe some um, I, I, clinching. Clinching, yeah, for sure. And then going for a single leg from there. Yeah. Against the cage or something. I have a huge gut feeling this is going to be a kickboxing match. I really do. That's I think what this I'm, is going to be a kickboxing match. It's going to be power versus technical. They're both really good technical strikers, but you definitely give the edge to Rose on the more technical striker. And I think I'm going to take a little bit of inspiration from Robert Whitaker last weekend. And the big difference between their striking was uh, Robert was just a little bit quicker and he had the straighter punches. And that's what's going to be the difference in this kickboxing match too. You're going to have Wei Lee throwing a lot of looping punches, a lot of like hooks. And I think roses are just going to be a little bit crisper and a little bit straighter. And I think, that's how it's going to go. I have Rose picked on this one. I was back and forth for the last week and a half, but I'm pretty confident at this point that Rose is my pick. Can it go either way? 100%. This is a barn burner. This is my main event, period. This is the one I'm most excited for. But I think, I think Rose is going to end up keeping it as a kickboxing match and just slowly pick her apart. If I got no picks. What? No picks. No pick? You got to no have pick. a pick for this one. No this one's a killer. No picks. This is my slobber knocker. Like, I'm just here. I'm going to eat popcorn. Trust me, right before this fight comes on, I'm going to go get some popcorn. I There's no bullshit. wrong answers for this one, though. I'm just going to be chilling, <laughs> eating some popcorn. I might even put on some shades. I don't even know. <laughs> I'll be chilling, eating some popcorn. I'll make sure to get my next beer immediately before they start walking out. Oh, for sure. <laughs> right. Like, as soon as they announce the winner of this uh, Valentina Andrade uh, fight, I'm gone. Bathroom break, popcorn, beer. I'll be back. Uh, when they about to walk towards the center, I'm going to the bathroom before everyone else gets there. I'll listen to the <laughs> announcement that too. In, in the urinal. Like... Oh, you got to go early. <laughs> You're right. got to go early. As soon as they <laughs> the, the uh, bell rings, we out. We'll be back. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about. I'm listen. As soon as Shevchenko lands that head kick and puts our guys out, out of there, before they even announce the winner, I'm I'm beelining it. 
Yo, y'all think I'm just, just wait. I'm gonna have some popcorn. They better be selling popcorn. And I'll probably have some chicken tendies. <laughs> nah, I need I need that popcorn, bro. They're gonna call me a liar if I don't have the popcorn now. I gotta have the popcorn. Right. Yeah, no picks for me. Well, we can jump right into the main event then, since there's no picks but Mighty Mosey. Yo, Mo, I know you love Jorge Masvidal. I know you've been kind of been you a know, fan for a long time. Long time. I mean, I I've had my uh doubts about him in the past. I've like critiqued his, you know, lackluster ability to finish fights before he, you know, before he knocked out Till and baptized Ben. You know, he was to me, Jorge was like, you know, he's he was what you would think you get out of a street fighter. Like you get a mixed bag. This guy's not a professional fighter. He's, you know, he likes to thump. Now I don't think he. I do believe he has skill. Don't get it twisted. However, <clears throat> I think the cream of the crop in 170, he's gonna always struggle because those guys are just like dedicated to only being the best fighter. Whereas. You can see um, in Masvidal's like personality, even though he loves the fight game, he's not like super strict with his diet. He's not super disciplined with. I would imagine his like his personal habits. I would say he seems like a guy like that probably likes to party a little bit. Not saying that um that I know that, but he's a Miami boy. Like I, I know that like that you can't take that out of him. Whereas the rest of these guys, they're just. Their only goal is to be a, the best fighter. Um, this matchup, the la- the first time they fought on short notice, I, I thought, man, you know what? In a stand-up kickboxing match, Jorge has a big edge. Big edge if it's just straight up stand-up. No takedowns. Um, you know Jorge is slick. He's able to set his shots up. What do you what do you think can be done differently in this time around to uh to make this fight a different fight, if anything, Mosey? Yeah, mix up his striking. And and this is something you can't just learn in what a month and a half is he's gotta be able to get out that clinch. Like he was held up against the cage, getting his foot stomped off the whole time. He wasn't on his back. He was up against the cage like the whole time. I mean, he might be able to work his way out of the clinch this time, but if that works, he'll probably get scooped up and be on his back. So I really don't see this fight going no different. In fact, I see it actually – it could go different in Usman's favor. Have you seen his jab? I saw his jab in his last fight against uh, Gilbert Burns. Training over with uh, Trevor Whitman and them. Looking really sharp now. But Masvidal does have that surprise factor with he could probably hit him with a flying elbow. Something different, you know? And another thing is Masvidal, I don't think, has been finished before, has he? He just loses split decisions, right? Or close decisions, if you want to say close Mm. with the last fight. He either knocks out or finishes his opponent or he loses a decision, right? There's no in between. 
I don't, I don't know, know if he's ever been knocked out or not. I don't yeah, think I don't think he's ever been finished. Mm-hmm. I think he always goes to decision, and it's like he gets what? What's he call it? Uh, crouch sniffers? Is that is that what he calls crouch it? Sniffers. That's what he calls it, right? Crouch sniffers. Yeah, that's what he calls it, right? Yeah, that's how he loses. Well, Wonder Boy, I don't think did that to him. I think he just couldn't figure out the puzzle. That's Wonder Boy. So what do you what do you think about it, Mark? So I'm I'm on the same page. I really don't think that there's much that's gonna change unless it's on Usman's side. The only thing that I see is maybe Usman having a little bit more of a killer instinct and actually finishing the fight. I think that Usman can finish Masvidal. I don't one hundred percent do. And the fact that he's trained for years with Henry Hoof. And his last two fights, he's trained with Trevor Whitman. But Trevor Whitman knows how to take a fighter and take him to the next two, three levels quickly. I think, yeah, I think Usman's just going to do the same old, same old. But I think he might get a TKO finish probably somewhere in the third or fourth. <clears throat> so this here's one thing that I was thinking um, when I was trying to break this thing down. I know where the wrestling edge lies. I think everybody knows that Usman's um, the better grappler. And I, I, I think everybody assumes that Masvidal has the edge in striking. But like you said, Usman's looked dramatically better with his um, straight punches after training with Whit- Trevor Whitman. And <clears throat> I think this fight... Not only does is Usman motivated to beat Masvidal convincingly, but I think Masvidal might be taking Usman a little bit lighter. I think Masvidal believes that Usman is the same guy that he's that that not much has changed in his game since they fought the first time, and he seems to um play that up. I don't know if that's a part of like his game plan, which is like putting that out there and saying, hey, I think this is the same guy, and blah, 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 and maybe he might be trying to change things up. But to me, I think he just believes that he wasn't ready to fight Usman when he fought him, and that more time would give him a chance to you know, develop a better game plan. <clears throat> but the only thing is, Usman wasn't preparing to fight Masvidal either. So they were, they was, it was an equal playing field from that standpoint. Usman wasn't training to fight Masvidal. Yeah. You know, he was training to fight Gilbert Burns. And they're markedly different in the way they, you know, approach it. I think, uh, like, I agree with you guys. I think that if there's any surprises, it's going to be coming from from Usman. And I feel like he can probably get uh, Masvidal. He will probably be Masvidal's first uh, stoppage where Masvidal could get stopped. Usman has a lot of power, and he's able to translate that power efficiently, especially with straight strikes, with his uh, things that he doesn't have to load up on because of the threat of the grappling. Everybody, you have to always respect the fact that he's probably going to be the better grappler, so you got to concede certain things to him. It's very similar to what Khabib does to guys, where he's obviously the inferior striker, but they have to give up certain stuff. They're like, I got to let him have certain things because 
Otherwise, he's in on my hips and I'm on my back. Hey, I got two questions for you guys. More, more yes, for sir. like post UFC. Was this two sixty one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Say Whaley wins, right? Do they set up a super fight with her? Oh, and if Valentina wins, do you, you see a super fight between those two? Or does Whaley have to clean out her division a little bit more? The answer to that question to me is yes. 100%. I think that's uh, why they, I think, I think it's, I think it's strategically, that's why they're both on the same card. Ah. Uh, if, if, if you put, if both fighters look impressive in their title defenses, I mean, if you think about it, who else is there left for Whaley? Fight Johanna. There, there's possibilities. There's possibilities for Whaley, but Shevchenko, there's nothing. You you got two options with Shevchenko. You either do the rematch with Amanda or you do the uh, super fight with Whaley. Well, and even Whaley, like you said, every every matchup that you want to um, line up with her is their rematches. She could fight yeah, Carla Esparza, actually. Carla Esparza. Or the uh, other. Uh, is she the Chinese? Chinese girl? Yan Zhang Nan. That that's gonna be the fight that I'm excited for for Huey Lee. Say that like five China times versus bad. China. That that's <laughs> a good. That's a good fight. I'm sure I've murdered her name, but whatever. Yo, you're closer to me. China versus China, right there. You guys know me in these names. Yeah. Serial. I, <laughs> I I really I look I would love that though. I, I'm 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 here for those super fights. And I think that you know, Lee versus Shevchenko, if both look impressive, could set up a really good um, super fight. All right, second question. If Jorge loses, where does he go from here? You know what? Um, I, thought about this a lot. I thought about this a lot. But, Mark, what do you think, bro? Nate Diaz. That, that's where he goes from there. Whether Nate Diaz wins or loses against Leon Edwards, he goes Nate Diaz. It's going to be the biggest fight. And that's what he's got to do. Like It's going to be the biggest money fight for him. They can both make that a big money fight off of a loss. And even if Nate Diaz beats Leon Edwards and then fights Masvidal, that puts Masvidal right back in title. Dude, if Nate Diaz somehow puts together some kind of winning streak, he could be fighting for the welterweight title. Literally. If Nate Diaz beats Edwards, follows that up with a win over Masvidal, he's 100% eligible for a title for time. He's going to fight for a title. He'll probably have to wait till after Kobe and Usman fight. But he's definitely probably next in line. Because, I mean, if Usman wins this one, he fights Kobe next. And that's when you set up the uh, Nate Diaz-Masvidal fight. And then, there you go. Winner of those two fights. Pick them. Yeah. Um, I think the winner between um, Masvidal, Usman, I thought about this for a long time because I feel like Masvidal's biggest push in in this late part of his career has been the finishes he's gotten like that knockout versus Darren Till, that knockout 
crazy knockout that he got versus Ben Askren. He holds the record now, right? What's up? He holds the record, yeah. right? Fastest yeah. knockout? Mm-hmm. Went from seven seconds to five. Okay. But I think I think those knockouts definitely um, propelled him to a level of stardom that he didn't have before. And, you know, obviously he got the win over Nate Diaz in that BMF title, like right after that. So that gave him even more popularity, getting that national attention. However, uh, back-to-back losses to, to Usman, especially if he gets, like, dominated again, and where does where does he go from there? I, I I don't know if he's not looking at just title, just um, big money fights, which there are a lot of big money fights for him. I think he's probably looking to more toward that range or toward retirement because he's he's been in the fight game for a long time, and right now every fight that he has that that isn't for a title has to be one of those fights that make a lot of sense for money or I don't see him even making it. He still has a lot of like time left for his age. He's only 35. He is only, he is only 35. He is young. Masvidal um got a lot of fights though under on his throughout his career though. And he hasn't he he actually he rarely gets Damage. He's. It's not like he's not the same kind of thirty-five as Chris Weidman, whereas Chris has been knocked out like five times. So he has like he has different level of um, miles, I guess you could say. Like his his miles is more like highway miles, you know, where he just kind of in cruise control, going seventy, whatever. Where Weidman was dealing with speed bumps and potholes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, All right, hear me out on this one. What would you think of him going back down to lightweight, though? Masvidal? Yeah, do you see him being a contender? Or do you think I, the top five in lightweight would just get through him? I don't, I don't feel like he can make the weight. I think he's uh he's because he's not small and I don't, I don't see. I think it'd be tough for him to make the weight. Never know; he might consider it. I think his resurgence and his the success that he's had because he's not cutting the weight anymore. So that I don't, that's probably a huge factor in it too. I see him if he really does cut the weight. I think he can be competitive in top ten. Whether I think he's really competitive in top five, I'm not really sure. Because if you think about it, um, he's he will be up against a lot of crotch sniffers, mm-hmm. like uh, Khabib's little brother or whatever, or cousin. Oh, Islam, Islam. Yeah. Oh yeah, That's that dude's it. probably gonna take off soon. Right, he'll be. <laughs> if if Masvidal makes that move. It'll be right in that time when this guy is ascending. Then you got, um, I mean, I think he'll be okay versus Poirier. That could be a good one. I um, think he'd be okay against Poirier, Gaethje, and Ferguson, and McGregor. I, I McGregor's like, number six. Chandler, I think, might be able to get him. Yeah. Mm. And Oliveira. 
I think he'll he might su submit him straight up. I want to hold my comments on Ferguson until I see his next fight because supposedly he's refocused and changing some shit up and getting back to himself. But yeah, I, I hope we'll so. See. I hope so. I like the dude. He breaks. He's a fellow Gagey, B boy. I gotta go for him. Gaethje, I think punks him. I don't know. I just feel like the new focus Gaethje that I've seen, I think he punks him. And Wait. same with Michael Chandler. We got to see Gaethje with a crowd now. That's the thing. True. We got to see Gaethje with a crowd. Oh, he's the odd man out in the whole dance, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what it might be? He might be the guy that's uh, the fill-in. He might have to make way for the uh, chandler Oliveira fight. That would make the most sense. He's got to be the fill-in. Ain't no way. Ain't no way they're just going to leave this man out there with no fight. I don't know if that's the case because he seemed like. Or he could be the fill-in for the Poirier and the McGregor fight. You that's know, they a, don't tell us that shit. That's a fight all the time. Yeah. Let's see. I would love to see Gaethje McGregor. Yeah, I'd love to see that too. Yeah. I, I, McGregor it, might go to sleep. Like sleep, sleep. I mean, Poirier put him to sleep. Poirier <laughs> put him to sleep with his hand on his head. I'm talking about he might be, uh, what's that shit called? Lunesta? NyQuil? He might be on that shit. With Gaethje. <laughs> Took them sleeping pills. Yeah, straight up. I, I really, I really want to see um, how good Ferguson looks coming back after those two. You know, he had some. He had a rough patch. Like Welcome back in the road. Yeah, well, you can only win for so long in uh, MMA, especially in that division. Oh yeah, you can only be a killer for so long. The lightweight division has been so good since they brought in uh, WEC. Mm-hmm. Like it just. Whew. That's been the most exciting and killer division since WEC, period. But right now, the top five in every weight class, they all have a right to be a champion. Like, they could be champion. Except, except 145 for the women's. Yes. That top five is almost non-existent. I mean, minus the... The champion, Max, and Brian. We haven't seen Zabit, Yair fight all last year. I mean, Zombie, he lost to Ortega. Yeah. Yeah. 145, we know are stacked with killers. Hold on, what were you saying, 145? Yeah. Because you started talking about Max and... Oh, I thought uh, you said 145 wasn't the division that top five couldn't be champions. No, no, no. They're, they're, all, they're all killers too, but... Yeah, so like every... Thing, oh, 125. You said 125? No, I said 145 because you were talking about 145. I no, said before. 145 for the women's can't all be oh, champions because they don't exist. Oh, 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 oh. I thought you meant men's. My fault, my fault. Yeah. I was just joking around because they don't exist. Yeah, yeah. I, th I thought you meant 145 men's. I mean, 
But yeah. it is true, though. I mean, I see Zabit losing to uh, Calvin Cater, honestly, if it's a five-round fight, straight up. I see uh, Yair. I want to see that fight. Zabit against Yair. Z against Y. That's the fight I want to see. Which Does one? Cater have a fight lined up? Uh, I don't know, man. He might still be uh, resting up from all the punches he took. But even though the, those punches didn't have too much power behind them, some of them elbows did. Mm. And when you don't go down, something's not right. Hey, man. Yeah. You, you tough as nails or something. You I need some healing after that. Bro. I would even argue that it's probably worse to get pieced up like that and hit repeatedly than it is to get one punch knocked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd rather go asleep than just keep getting hit over and over and over. And then some of those shots did have some power behind it. And he was stunned. He was on wobbly feet, but he just didn't go down. And I don't know why the ref didn't stop it or his corner. I mean, I understand from the the corner side, like you want this guy to go out on his shield. You know how he is in the the gym. But damn, bro, y'all really hoping for this one punch knockout? Like save this man. They definitely allowed him to be a warrior. Yes, I mean it might have cut off. He might have shaved off about like three, four years on his uh, career, but. Who am I? And this the armchair uh, judge. I don't know what they call it. If you're gonna, if you're gonna shave off time in your career, if you're gonna let a guy be a warrior, if you're gonna let um, a fight continue a little bit past or a lot bit past where you think it should be stopped, it's definitely, definitely in a title fight because you yeah. don't get that many title fight opportunities. Well, if he would have beat Max, he might have leapfrogged Brian Ortega. Might have? He might have. I think it was a fucking absolute certainty. Like, if he beats Max, like, he's fighting for the title. I'm just saying, I'm not, I don't work for the UFC or nothing, but they have put together some title fights that don't make no sense. Well, if you look at what the buildup that Calvin had going into that fight, yeah, he they had, call him the freshman, right? Right. He, Calvin Qatar had all the hype train behind him. Oh, he, he got some hands, though. He's good. That's what yeah, he's made good. Him. He's good. That's, I guess that's what made... That ranking, it, it does him no justice. Well, that's what made that fight um, by Max look so, so much more impressive, is that the, the fact that he did it to Calvin. Because yeah. Calvin's his hands are legit. It was super legit. That's why I like that Rob Font dude. Same crew, right? Yeah, yeah, them Boston boys. I said we put zombie against Cater and just watch watch them die. Yo, that's that's <laughs> the shit out of each other. Celebrity death match. <laughs> yeah. Yo, oh my goodness. <laughs> like that, yeah. Oh my god. So, Somebody is leaving on a stretcher in that fight. Make sure it's a three-round fight, though, so they don't actually die. 
Yeah, don't make that a five-round co-main event. <laughs> but right. I really want to see the beat against Jair. Like, I really want to see it. These guys are holding on to their number three and four ranking for without even being active. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is this? Zabit tries. He tries. He can't get matches. He Nobody wants to, to fight him. What happened with him and Yair for, like, the fifth time? Or is that, that fight never going to happen? Well, I think the last time was actually Zabit's fault because didn't he want, like, he didn't want a five-rounder. He wanted a three-rounder or some shit like that, which kind of makes me lose stock in you. Because, I mean, if you're telling me you don't want a five-rounder and you only want a three-rounder, it means you don't have the cardio that we all think you That's uh, That sounds like somebody's ducking. Right. Somebody's ducking. I don't know if it was just because of the time that he was going through or something he was going through, but, like, when, when you ask for that, it's kind of like, eh. Oh, Eric Lewis, I'll give a pass, but <laughs> I don't even know how we ended up here. Can we just chill? We ended up here. Hopefully, we you talked about all the fights. Gonna be bananas. Oh yes, I'm so hyped for it. There's not when it comes to the prelims and the main card. I don't really know much about the people on the early prelims, but the prelims and the main card, it's it's stacked. There's not a dull fight on there. See, the thing with the, the pre-prelims, it's like, I don't know, nobody. There's a dude on here. He only has one name. So, <laughs> I don't know. There, actually, two. there's two guys. Holy shit. There's two guys. They don't even have their pitcher in the, uh, the UFC. On the like, one, dude, got one name. One dude's name is Ulrich Leng. And the other dude's name is Rong Zhu. This Rong Zhu dude better be fucking a killer with that kind of name. That that shit sound like it came out like the 1400s or something. But straight up savage. Yeah, yeah. I don't know neither one of these dudes, but hopefully they're good fights because they got to make a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. Then on the prelims. These are all names I've seen before, but I can't recall no fights with them, except for uh, Brazilian Cowboy and Randy Brown. Those are oh, Carl two Robinson names. has some nasty knockouts, though. Yeah, Carl Robinson is a guy to watch on that one, and him going against Brendan Allen—that's a good matchup right there. I like that one. But they like loaded up on the main card, though. Like, straight up, they loaded up. Yeah, you know, and uh, I, I've seen the White Grant compete in a mm-hmm. He looked pretty good. Um, I think his last fight though, he got bodied. If I remember correctly, they call him like the body snatcher, bro. But I remember it was, it was his last fight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Rodriguez. He uh he that was his last fight. He uh he got he got TKO'd. This was in August 2020. But he did beat uh Alan Joban. Joban. He has some I mean he got some some impressive victories. I, I think this is this is gonna be interesting. I've never seen I haven't seen the other guy compete yet though. 
Stefan Sekulik. I haven't seen him yet. He's a Serbian. Is, this, is he making his UFC debut? Hmm. Let's see. I'm not sure about this guy. Where is it? He's, let's see. I think this. I think this is his UFC UFC debut. No, nice to have a card it, like this to debut on. No, no, no. It's not his debut. He was on his. It's his second fight. He fought. Um, he he. His first fight in UFC was a loss. He lost the decision. That's that was that was his wow. first. Is this on ESPN Plus? What? No, I was looking forward towards like the future fights, the future uh fights. Oh, it's on regular ESPN. Oh yes. Oh, what Reyes Pochaca? No, San Hague against Dillashaw. Yeah, that's on. Is that on ESPN? I thought that was a CBS one. It's uh, 8 p.m. Uh, May 8th. Ooh, wee. I guess I might be staying at Justice Pub that night. It's a tournament <laughs> out there that day. What is that? May 8th. It's a tournament. Unless it ends early. I don't know what time it ends. But next month is uh, basically the Bantamweight month with the two fights. Between Rob Font and uh, Cody Garbrandt and Sanhagen and the return of Dillashaw. I can't wait for that pot. That's going to be a good one. Obviously, the light, lightweight title. And then Sorry. middle of May, we got the lightweight title. That should be a very good fight. That fight could end in the first round. Easily. Then it's the first co-main event. That's five rounds as well. And you got the return of uh, B-Boy Tony Ferguson. Now Darius. And then also opening up that. uh, Yeah, that should be opening it. Uh, Shane Burgos against Edson Barbosa. Featherweight matchup. Here's something we didn't talk about that I think we probably should. What, Jake Paul? Okay, we can briefly. <laughs> no, dude, we I keep saying that because this weekend had a lot of action in the MMA department. Like, we didn't even talk about Nemkov being my boy Phil or Corey oh, Anderson yeah. smoking a whole alphabet name, dude. We didn't talk about that, but. The whole thing was overshadowed by this, um, this, Jake this, Paul. yeah, this, this, I don't know how to put it, man. Uh, uh, it was a shit show. That whole production was a shit show. I heard Frank Mir looked all right, though. He looked good for a while. And that guy he fought <clears throat> knocked down Tyson Fury. So oh, wow. He didn't fight like, like he fought. He, he boxed against a pretty good guy, but he still lost. Um, Unanimous. He, he he got. I mean, he looked good. He, he looked solid for a little bit, but then he would have been a better representative than uh, Ben Askren 
would have been? You mean, well, here's the thing. This this Jake Paul is and his brother Logan Paul, they're both like they're picking wisely. Oh yeah, they're they're right. doing the fight game properly. Right. They're I mean, they're talking a lot of trash and getting people to kind of like chill. I don't see his brother fighting Mayweather though. I just think that's just gonna be all forever. How much bigger he is than Mayweather? Like that's the that's the only. Oh, he's got like forty or fifty pounds on him. Yeah, that's the only saving grace that makes you think he would take it because of the size difference. But hey, hey, we don't we don't have to talk about that. No, we can briefly just gloss over it because, like, only I want to talk about it from the Ben side, dude. That was one of Ben's biggest paydays in his career. Really? Oh yeah. I thought he was getting paid okay with like one FC or Bellator even. Bro, he got paid decently with one FC. He got a decent check from the UFC. The UFC gave him a decent check. The difference yeah. is he got 500K just to show up mm-hmm. and fight, but then he got all the pay per view points. And oh, there was a shit a ton of, of pay per view sales. Yeah, that guy walked of- out with millions. I guarantee yeah. you, Ben Askren walked out with at least one to two million at the very minimum. Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And that's what I—that's what I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about like the fighter pay um, as it relates to that. Because look at guys like Ben Askren, um, who has—I mean, he's a—he's a mixed martial arts champion. He was a champion. Both uh, uh, those Bellator and One FC. Correct. And then he was a title. I mean, he was a contender in the UFC. He beat Robbie Lawler in his debut. Shouldn't have and won that fight. No, I thought, I thought he should have gotten the, the fight should have been stopped um, when Robbie had him in a ground and pound. They let him be a warrior and he was able to overcome it. And then he had Robbie in a compromised position. He didn't tap though. No, that's, that's, that's what, exactly. I'm like the fight. He had Robbie in a in a choke. And you ne- you rarely see referees stop the fight if there's not a tap when it's a uh, guy in a situation where he's getting choked. If you're not out, if you don't go out, then they're, gonna, they're not going to stop the fight. However, I will say this. I did see that sequence a bunch of times, and Robbie's arms did drop. I don't it know did drop. It did drop. Right. And, I don't, mm-hmm. and referees are looking for that. They're looking to see if, like, is this guy still fighting? Like, is he still fighting off the choke? But they see you go limp. Even though in um, you know, in Robbie's defense, that's he was trying to conserve his energy, so he wouldn't just black out. Yeah, he, he was trying to go limp and like that's how that's how he's supposed to defend against a bulldog choke. It, it was Herb on that one, huh? Yeah, and so it's like it, mm-hmm. it's referees. It's Herb's mistake. I give him that one. Well, referees are put, <clears throat> they're put in a tough position, bro. Like so, like oh, every if, time, every if time. He, if he if he like lets him be a warrior, people will go die. Oh, well, you should have let him fight more. You should. I mean, should have stopped, stopped it earlier. If you stop it too early, you're now costing that guy money. So you either protect the fighter and you stop it too early, or you overprotect the fighter. I mean, sorry, you, you protect the fighter and you stop it um, a little bit earlier, and that person is mad because you didn't give him a chance to win. Yeah. You you know go the opposite route and they go, oh, you robbed the guy. Like, That's why know, I think I think her been let, like letting it ride now, like. With everybody, like if they get dropped, he makes sure they sleep after yeah. the uh, the following punch. Okay, yeah, now I'm gonna but save him. The whole Robbie Lawler thing. If I would have seen that arm drop like that, that's 
that's usually a instant reaction from a referee. Good like, sign. You see an arm drop like that. He's out. Stop it. He, this guy needs to breathe, right? Yeah. You need the blood back in his head. So I don't really fault him that much for that stoppage. Was it a bad stoppage? In retrospect, yes, but that's in retrospect. You know, seeing it from the different angles, whatever, it was a bad stoppage. But in the in the heat of the moment, he made the right call. In the heat of the moment, seeing that arm drop like that. And you gotta give a little bit of credit to credit to Ben for being able to survive that fucking barrage. Like Ben was getting punished. He sure was. So I was kind of surprised he got dropped so easily. Right. You got to give him some credit for that. Um, But back to fighter pay, Corey Anderson in his two fights in Bellator, he said he's made more money in his two fights in Bellator than he's made in in UFC. His whole career. That has to speak to something because Corey Anderson for a long time was a contender in the UFC's 205-pound division. I mean, he only lost to like the top guys. He lost when he got head kicked KO'd by Ovant St. Prue. But OSP fought John Jones for the title. So it's not like he's a scrub. You know, OSP is a top tier 205 guy. And then we all know Corey's path um in the UFC where he, you know, he knocked down the hype train that was Johnny Hendricks. Not Johnny oh, yeah. Johnny Hendricks. My bad. Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. Because Johnny Walker was like, he was starching everybody before he fought Corey Anderson. And Corey Anderson. What's up? He had a lot of flash going his way. Right. I mean, he had a lot of hype train behind him, and Corey shut that shit down. Yep. Um, it made his famous. There's levels to this speech. You know, um, he had obviously, obviously, he had a lot of odds with UFC. He wanted title shots, and they never gave it to him. And he does have a win over uh, the current champion, Blahovich. Mm-hmm. They won and won, though. Well, you know, he want he wanted that fight. He want he wanted the fight for the title. He never got a chance to, and because of money, he got cut by UFC. They were like, "I'm not. We're not paying you what you think you we you deserve." Because you're not a draw. Like you're not what we want. As far as I mean, his contract was up. They didn't cut him, but they weren't going to pay him what he wanted. Right. And he goes to Bellator, and he's making heaps in in Bellator. So um, that's what I'm. That's what with John Jones um, looking like. This fight's not going to materialize because um, Mm. Dana Dana recently said the fight to make is going to be Derek Lewis versus Francis. That's probably going to happen. August or September, I feel. Right, and you know Derek. Derek is take, Derek will do it for like a lot less. Yeah, he already. How much were they offering uh, John Jones? Eight million. Ten. Ten, and he said, "I'll do it." Yeah, I'll do it. So mm-hmm. we, I'm pretty sure we're going to see that one next. Uh, and we can talk about that a little bit because I'm excited. I think that's a you know it was a snooze fest, obviously the first time. I don't Derek, think it'll be the same way again. No. Mm-mm. No. At and all, you know what, dude? Francis know. might get slapped. Like, it happened. Yeah, you, we, Derek it, might get slapped. Derek might Derek get slapped. slapped. Either one of them might get slapped. It can happen. I don't think that Francis was throwing full power in that fight at all. Well, I mean, he barely threw, but they both 
They both barely threw. It was, it was weird. Right. So it's a whole new dynamic in this fight. One of them's going to catch the other. And to be honest, they're both very hittable. So it's, it's if you want to say a coin toss is there, this is a fucking coin toss. Who's going to land better first? And who's going to land? <laughs> like, for real. Right. Well, here's the, here's the interesting thing about that matchup. We've seen Stipe put people away with his hands. He he landed flush on Francis a lot. He did. He did. A lot. In the first fight, he landed flush a lot. He landed clean in the second fight, too. He wasn't even in the second fight, like I said as well, he landed flush and he wasn't able to put um wasn't able to put Francis away. Derek Lewis, on the other hand, I mean, he's he's been hurt in a lot of fights. We've seen him hurt, like obviously hurt. And um the ones that I can think of the most significant, um, when he was like literally like like, like crumpling over in pain. Was the Volkov fight? Volkov, yeah. And the um, Travis Brown fight when he got kicked in the stomach. That's the one where he was in the most pain, I feel. Right. Travis Brown. Yeah. However, the results for both guys, they were both looking up at the sky at the end of the fight. And imagine waking up. Imagine you just like sleeping. You weren't sleeping. You started the day not sleep. You were just fighting and shit. Then you wake up. Like, oh shit, what happened? You see this dude pounding his chest and hump and dry humping the canvas. You know you just got knocked out by Derrick Lewis. Um taking his fucking shorts off. Right. You're like, oh fuck. Like, I got I just got knocked out. And that's what um makes me think this fight could be interesting because we have seen Derrick Lewis hurt, but he's still dangerous when he's hurt. Like he's able to knock guys out when he's at his most compromised. Even late in the fight, like he did with Volkov, that was you know last second thing. So for me, uh, you say it's a coin flip. Uh, I don't know if it's a coin flip, but like odds wise, I think uh, Francis is the clear favorite. However, Derek Lewis is one of those guys. Derek Lewis is one of those guys that carries power so far into the fight that he's never out of it. And we've seen Francis wane deep in fights he didn't get deep into the last steep a fight and in his last four or five fights they didn't go past the first round we haven't seen francis in deep water since his last fight against steep so what happens if francis is able to connect and hurt Derek, but not put him away not not in this fight extend past, you know two rounds three rounds what happens then because we know Derek Lewis still has knockout power late. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna tenderize him. Welcome back, RJ. What's up? <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> I'm back. What's up, guys? What you guys talking about? We're talking. Well, we're, right now we're just talking about um, other matchups in the future. We're talking about um, Derek Lewis because the John Jones fight looks like it's not gonna happen. So we're talking yeah. about what. what we think about Derek Lewis versus uh, Francis and Gondo. I think, I, to be honest with you guys, I really think that um, I think Francis is just a different beast now. Like me and you, me and you were saying, Brian, is just, he's totally, di- he's just a different character. He's starting to train uh, with Usman's new camp. And um, 
he he actually looked like Usman when he was fighting uh um Stipe. like he the, with the jab and the composure it was just he looked like a different fighter you know and hey think, hold up time out who tagged you in what who tagged you in <laughs> i never left <laughs> yeah but you went to go cut down some trees man what are you doing <laughs> now, it, uh, the landlord didn't pay. The landlord didn't pay me, so I left. I'm I'm glad you came back, man. Glad you came yeah. back. I appreciate. Or as you were, as you were. Yes, but like I said, I think that um, I think that Derek Lewis has a chance of beating, becoming. This is the time he needs to. Ha- this is the time that he could be a champion, and because he's already has one on Francis, but. I believe that Francis is just a whole different fighter now, man. Especially training with uh, Kamaru Usman, and I just don't think that Derek Lewis can beat him. Well, his main weakness was his takedown defense. Mm-hmm. In heavyweight, currently, I think there's only maybe one true wrestler right now, and Curtis Blades. Yeah. And but he, Francis got two dubs over him already, so it's not like. Yep. I mean, he's up there, but he's gonna have to like knock off Stipe or something to get a title shot. Literally, he's gonna have to really beat Stipe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like well, knock hate, him out or something. Yeah. Well, I hate to say that's it, not an yeah. uninteresting fight, though. No, it's yeah. not. Well, I hate to say this again, like um. Like um, like I said earlier, um, I be- I believe that um, you know what's the name? Um, Curtis. I'm Blaine counting your ums, bro. You're at like seven ums right now. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm 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 working and trying to talk to you guys at the same time. Nine. I- <laughs> Truly apologize. <laughs> but Curtis is- Curtis Blades was beating uh, Derek Lewis until he got knocked out. You know so. He's actually he's he's good enough to become the champion. It's just he has to put that wrestling and the striking together. Yeah, he, he does it. have to put it together. He definitely does. Yeah. He puts it together. He's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Don't run into uppercuts. Yeah. Exactly. I'm watching out for my boy uh, Serial though. Yeah. That's the guy. I'm going with him over Volkov. You know? Yeah, me too. I think matchup-wise, this fight can be electric or trash. Which one? It, it could be the same fight uh, with Rosenstruck. Yep. Well, no, I think Volkov will push it. I think Volkov will push the pace a little bit and throw in some combinations where it's going to force Serial to actually fight him, fight him. And I, I think so. that's going to just be fireworks. Because this dude's cereal is good, man. He didn't get to showcase his skills too much. The first round, he looked spectacular. And then after that, it was just like a sparring match, really. Oh. Yeah, wasn't Volkov winning against Derek Lewis, and then he just got knocked out in the last round? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yep. That's why I don't put a lot of stock into the whole who's winning. Because, like, yeah. who's winning, it's not important. Yeah, you're right. It's only important if you go to the scorecards, because like if you think about it, uh, Chael Sonnen was Chael Sonnen was winning versus Anderson Silva too. 
Like, yeah. oh my goodness, the whole heavyweight division, like the uh, rankings look so weird because I don't see uh, Overeem or who else got cut? What other other heavyweight got cut? Yeah, Arvlaski's not even in the uh, JDS is not on there. Arvlaski's not even on the uh, top fifteen. This is crazy. Yeah, Mosey, didn't you walk out of that that fight? Which one? Um, uh, Anderson Silva Chelsea Center fight, and then like you just heard everybody scream because it was you thought it was over. Like, well, at the time gonna... I was uh, uh smoking Newport shorts, <laughs> and I had been drinking a bunch <laughs> of uh Bud Lights. Yeah, and it went the same way for the first four rounds, and I was like, you know what, yeah. ma'am? Now, this, now it looks like a perfect time to smoke a cigarette. I don't smoke cigarettes no more. That was obviously a long time ago. Yeah, but yeah, I missed that epic comeback live. But I seen it. Obviously, I seen it again. But yeah, I missed a I lot of uh, comeback. Chill, quit. I I missed a lot of uh. Epic finishes. I missed uh, Rose getting dumped on her head because I had to go pee. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I missed uh, the Super Bowl, not this past year, but the year before when uh, J Lo and Shakira started twerking it. <laughs> so yeah, I missed a couple great moments in television history. Hey yo, but I'm good with it. I'm good with it. But, but the real, the real question is, who would you? Oh, no. I was just going to say who's prettier, J-Lo or uh, Shakira. That's all I was going to say. But everybody... Oh, Shakira all day, man. Okay. Shakira all day. <laughs> she is the Lord of the Rings. Baseball player. What? Well, I don't think she got married to him. The Filipino. Uh, Aaron, Alex Rodriguez. I don't think she yeah. got married to him. The they Filipino guy. To get married. The Filipino Spanish guy. What's Engagement. You still get a ring. She got. Yeah. She got. Uh. What's his name? The Filipino Mark Anthony. Guy. Yeah, Mark Anthony. She got Mark. Yo, they were together for a minute too, though. Oh, they got kids. I think two. Yeah. Like. I can't even. I'm pretty sure there's more. Like, don't get me wrong. There's probably more. Or her backup dancer or whatever when she was a uh, oh, uh, Christian. Back in the day. Christian something, I think. Yeah. It's probably more. I'm just, just, I just don't know. I really just don't know. There's probably more. Hey, 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 hey. Fuck off. I know. But Jenny from the block, she's doing her thing. <laughs> hey, man. We got this is got Ashy Knuckles e entertainment segment. Um, <laughs> Bravo Junior, back with him. Yo, about a left field. Hey man, we got another fight announcement that we didn't announce. Speaking of Jarzinho Rosenstrike, he will be taking on Augusto Sakai. Ooh. Ooh. So we got two top ten heavyweight action. One man, Augusto Sakai, fifteen one and one, and he's a knockout artist. Let's talk about that. 
Fuck this J Lo shit, nigga. <laughs> I want to know how you see Garzinio coming back. I want to know. I want to know what turned you on. Look, Rose is shooting. didn't look that good in his last fight. That's he what I'm like saying. He looked very timid. Yeah. <gasps> well, his last two fights were against um, the current uh, heavyweight champion. He got just straight up windmilled. Yeah. <laughs> and against a very uh, heavyweight prospect. Oh, baby, 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 don't touch us. Hey, I'm finna mute your ass. Oh, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> We got this man over here doing yard work, man. I can hear it. Yo, I can hear them leaves. I can hear yard work. I hear them leaves. <laughs> you don't have kids. I hear I them just leaves. Came, I just came back, and I was seeing if you guys already posted the thing. I was like, dang, they're still on. So I was like, man, let me jump back on real quick, you know? Hey, man. Say what's up. Hey, Ooh. do what you do. Do what you do. This Hey, this man, like, telling us his thoughts and shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm telling you. Hey, man. Hey. You're invited, bro. You're invited. <laughs> You have an invitation yo, here. Yo, yo, RJ. Yo, RJ. You're the hardest yo. working. You, know, you, you, you work hard, bro. Like, you're the hardest working man in, in show business, bro. I appreciate you, man. This man, this man selling oranges on the side <laughs> of the <laughs> This man got his kid on his, on his, he got, the, he got his kid. I got the bike. Little, I got the little like, bike on the side. Got his oh, child my God. With the front backpack while he's, like, trimming trees and shit. I'm doing all the yard work. Bro, you're unpaid. I appreciate you guys, man. Okay, so <laughs> okay, so back at the uh let's go back to the heavyweight topic that we we're talking about. So yes, Augusto and um Rose, Rosenstrike. That's that's a really good matchup. Very good matchup. That's a that's that's really good for Sakai. Like he wins yeah, that yeah. fight. Oh yeah. He going places. Rosenstreet loses that fight. He's not going places. Yeah, he might get cut. He might end up fighting like Tom Aspinall or Shuey or something. He might get in cut. In his next fight. You know what's crazy I'll take about that? You know what's a, here's a crazy stat about Augusto Sagai? He got two losses against two older UFC vets in the last, like, two years. He lost to Orlovsky. And Overeem. Yeah, but who hasn't lost to them too? Lots of guys. Yeah, I know. But, but you know, what I'm saying is, he like, beat Arlovsky. He beat Arlovsky. He beat Arlovsky. He got a decision yeah. on him. Well, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying that wrong. Sorry. He um he definitely you know you're right. He did lose some Arlovsky. He did win against Arlovsky. I meant to say his last fight, his literal last fight, was um a TKO loss to Overeem. That was his last time in the octagon. Dang. So, as dangerous as Augusto Saka is, at heavyweight, you know it's, um, it's 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 usually one strike. Whoever gets that strike off first, and it's a wrap. And really, one thing about Jarzinho is he he has a lot of power. He can put the shut the lights out on anybody. But so, does he though? He does. He definitely does. He um he's knocked out. He, he's, he has a lot of knockout wins in his career, and the last two guys he fought. I mean, he got knocked out versus um, Francis. Francis blitzed him in the first round, and then 
he had a snooze fest against Cyril Gunn, but Cyril kept him at distance. They never really had a fight. There was no engaging there. Jorginho was losing that fight against Overeem. Yeah. And just like you say, he came matter. back, split his lip open, and won the fight. But that's the in problem. The last like, round. Yeah, but that's what the problem is, Mosey. I judged him at that fight against um, – against, um, not Francis, but uh, Overeem. Yeah, I judged him without it. He didn't look good. I was like, man, listen. Dude, but Overeem's not a slouch, though. Yeah, you're right. He's, I mean, he's a decorated heavyweight. But he's also 160 years old. Ah, he's not that old. He's, he's got a lot of fighter miles, but he's not that old. He's not 40, is he? Overeem's not 40, right? He's just been in the game forever. Yeah. Remember, he was fighting in Pride, where you get kicked in the, uh, you get soccer kicked in the head, or stomped on, or get your leg ripped off by Shogun. You get what I'm saying? Well, all of Jarzinho, all Jarzinho's wins are knockouts. He knocked out JDS. I mean, we know he lost to Francis. We know he lost to Shogun, but he um, TKO. You can blow. You can blow that, baby. He, he TKO'd Overeem. He TKO'd. Uh, Wait, he got a knockout versus Overeem, TKO. He got a TKO versus Arvlowski, knockout Crowder, knockout Albini. So all of his wins are by knockout. So denying his power is kind of silly. That this man has yeah. power. I don't know. He, he's a... Uh... Very great kickboxer, but he's never fought Curtis Blades, right? Right. That's another fight I would like to see. It can happen. Well, Jarzino's Curtis never Blades does not have a fight coming up, does he? No. <sighs> what are they going to do with John Jones? Is John Jones literally saying, like, pay me all this money or. I don't fight, or is John Jones saying I will fight at heavyweight for the right price? He's you know, saying I'll fight at heavyweight for the right price, but the fact only is, against Francis or just the right price. He wants to get cut already. He like he seemed like he just wants to leave. Yeah, but they ain't gonna do that. They're gonna stick it to him. They, they know it. They know what they have with John Jones. Outside mm -hmm. of the cage, he has all his issues, but inside of the cage, just come on, man. He's good. He's pound for pound. But, he's, he's yes, but the fact is he's outpricing himself. Not saying undeservingly outpricing himself, but he's outpricing himself to the UFC, and the UFC has all the power and don't need him at heavyweight right now. They Think don't. about the last couple of weeks, how much we've talked about heavyweight and how much of a killer division it is right now that it hasn't been in a long time. They don't need John Jones. They don't even need him at 205 either. They right. really don't. They really don't. So John Jones would be bad in the sense of, like, letting him go and going to Bellator or whatever would be bad for them because one of their biggest stars is gone and making money somewhere else. That's but homegrown. Right now they too. got him by the balls. They really do. That's when it comes down to like legacy. If John Jones really thinks about that, 
Like he wants to prove that he is the best ever by moving up to heavyweight, right? And he knows right. going to Bellator as a heavyweight and beating Bader, for real, Bader, a dude you yeah. did the backwards leapfrog on and <laughs> choked out? Like, come on, man. Yo, you already smoked him. You, what? Why are you going against lower but competition? Bader's not the... Yeah, but Vader's are not the champion no more for the 205 and the heavyweight no more. He lost both belts. He lost both belts? Yeah. Who took it from him at heavyweight? Uh, the Russian dude. No, that Nemkov took it at 205. Who took oh, it from him at uh, heavyweight? Uh, hold on. No, no, no. He's just, he's still the heavyweight champion. Hey, he is still the heavyweight? Okay. Yeah, I that's what I'm saying. Fought, I thought they fought in heavyweight. Well, that dude might be able to go up to heavyweight and take it from there, too. Right? <laughs> Straight up, if the dude takes your belt at a lower weight class, then he probably could do it at a heavier weight class. There shouldn't be a difference. The only difference I can see is that Bader's not cutting weight, and then he'll be at, he'll be faster and more vital. It might be the same with the other dude because they both cut weight. True, but Bader's a bigger guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you never know that. Who did he beat Saki, to get that heavyweight uh, title? Is, is that who he beat to get that belt? Who did he beat? Fedor. He beat an old ass dude, right? Fedor? Was it Fedor? And then Fedor's uh, protege came in there and took that shit. Who'd mm. Fedor or uh, who'd uh, Bader beat to get that heavyweight title? Or was it like uh, vacant? No, nah, he beat. Me? It was va- it was vacant, but it was for the tournament, and uh, oh. he beat. Beat Fedor for the belt. Oh. And then his protege beat him yep. for that late heavyweight belt. Yep. Yeah, I feel the, the Nemkov dude would probably beat him at heavyweight too. I think he knocked him out, right? He knocked him out in uh he knocked him out in two oh five. Fader does have a suspect chin. He got his uh win back against Machida though. I'll give him that one. Well, Machida blasted him back in the day when he was on that uh, Brazilian broccoli. Yo, whatever you just drank, it sounded so delicious. It was water. <laughs> Yo, we could hear all of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> like please, every gulp, Brian. Please, every Brian, gulp. don't mute me. Don't mute me, Brian. Please. Every gulp. It sounded like you were drinking like a cold Gatorade or something. Like fresh off the sidelines. Do not touch that. Oh my god! What is happening right now? I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, bro. I think this is is perfect. Just keep going. RJ has like 17. I'm sorry, 58 ums. This is um. (laughs) We're gonna call this the uh, Life of RJ podcast. Oh my. Life with RJ the and the hardest working RJ. podcaster in the world. Little RJ and RJ. So this is what this is called. Uh oh. Uh oh. Enter lightning. Yo, high blood. What's up? What's up? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Run it. Uh oh. Well, I. Listen, we. um. Say hi, say hi, say hi to everybody. Say hi to everybody. To your uncles. Hold on, let me turn on the camera for you guys. 
I don't know how to turn on the camera. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. I think I just got. Um, <laughs> while he's figuring out his camera, I got a question for you boys. Uh, out of the heavyweight prospects, like the guys who are you know a little bit newer to the game, who do you feel has the best shot to make a splash between um, Sergey Pavlovich and Tom Aspinall? Both are on win streaks. One dude's obviously representing uh, got an Englishman in Tom Aspinall, and then we got another Russian. Who do you think is the first to make a big splash? I'll go first. Frank Mir. Yes, that's what I was about to say. Frank Mir Jr. That's, Frank Mir Jr. Totally agree with that one, Mark. Like that dude, mm-hmm. he's solid, man. He's solid. He he beat the uh the the destroyer of all the young dudes in Arvlosky. He he could be like a little. He look. They could be. They could be a son. They could be Arlovsky's kid. Oh, Frank Mir tweeted it out and was like, "Hey, you know, he said something." Congrats to my son on his victory. Hey, but uh, doesn't Frank Mir's daughter fight too? She's like seventeen, right? Yeah, she's fighting in the uh, regionals right now. She is a fighter. I heard she's really good. Uh, From what I read, she has a really good stand-up. She's got a submission win already too, I think. So, Kayla, they just need UFC need to go ahead and get Kayla. What's her name? Kayla Harris. PFL. They need to go ahead and grab her, man, before she loses somewhere else. No, nah, I read we need Clarissa Shields. What she's trying to do is win her way into the UFC. She doesn't yeah. want to just jump straight into the UFC. She she knows the UFC is a. Uh, the proving grounds, like that's the cream of the crop, and she wants to work her way into it. She doesn't just want to get signed in and just look terrible. She wants to prove her way. Yeah. She's she's buff, dude. Yeah, she's buff. What was she a judo? She judo. Yeah, two right? times Olympic gold, yeah, she, gold medal. She, she might pose a problem though. Yeah, she's. Oh, she's but. Buff. You're going to eat so many of uh, Amanda Nunes' punches before you can't pose a problem. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about female prospects, Closer Seal should be in the UFC already. I don't That's care the, what anyone boxer, says. Right? Yeah. yeah. She's in the champion, right? Two, yeah. two, she's uh, the great boxer. Champion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's young. She has she, so much room to grow. Yeah, and I she's think she's, what, 25, 26? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know they'll probably give her Holly Holm or something. Like she'll fight like a scrub. No, she can't. No, she won't fight Holly Holm. They're, they're in the same. Oh, family. they train together, right? They're in uh, Albuquerque, right? Yeah. For now, I think they'll fight though. No, you know who they'll Eventually. give her? They'll give her like a Irene Aldana or something. Yeah. Well, right now she's she's in PFL. She's in PFL now. She's gonna make her debut soon. But hey, Mark, a couple wins think, over there. I don't think they'll fight, man, because uh, when she was in Albuquerque. She was actually staying. She was actually staying with Holly Holmes. You know, I follow her on Instagram, and she was thanking Holly Holmes for letting her stay when she trains there. You know, so I don't know, man. You never know. You ever hear that girl talk though? She's a savage. She is. She's savage. very confident. She'll take over anything. What? So I, I think the right things come around. She'll she'll fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
All right, so we rambled on about a lot of stuff. You guys want to end this on a Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards note, or do you guys want to end it now? I should go for another podcast. Let's talk about Nate Diaz, uh, Leon Edwards a little bit. I think it's it's an interesting matchup, given that Nate poses that. He always poses that um, high-volume striking style with, like, unmatched cardio and unmatched pace. And Leon is more – his style is more I go at my own pace, but he presents um, a lot of weapons to deal with in the striking. So we'll be. I, I think it's an interesting spot. I'm. I'm not sure what Nate Diaz we're gonna get, given that long layoff. But he he can gain a lot from winning this fight. Yeah. Leon gets. I don't know if he wins this fight against Nate. Is like, what's up with Kobe? What was he doing? You get what I'm saying? Either he gets the next title shot or Kobe got issues and he doesn't get the next title shot and they give it to Leon, right? If he wins mm-hmm. against Nate. If Nate wins, if he puts, like I said earlier, he puts together two wins. He beats Leon, then he beats, who's number two? Oh, Gilbert Burns is tied up with uh, Wonder Boy already. Here, here, here. Don't touch that. But that's Even not though, a good matchup for him either. No, no, it's not. Either one of those is not a good matchup. But if Nate puts together another win after Leon Edwards, if he wins, yo, that boy in the title hunt. And I don't even know if he wants to fight for a title. He seems like the type of dude right now that just wants to get paid. He is. Yeah. I say if uh, he might not even go for a title. If Nate Diaz wins, his next step is calling out Connor. He's Connor, gonna or, Connor um, or Dustin. No, I think or he's even Dustin. Dustin. Or, or even Connor. Dustin. Who, oh, it depends. Exactly. Whoever wins that one, that's the one he's going to call out. Now, if or he Jake, loses, or Jake Paul. Master it all. You think so? Yo, wait, wait, wait. Yo, hear me, yo, out, hear me yo, out. Y'all talking over each other, so like whenever you, whenever someone speaks, it gets blurted between each other, so you can't hear what any one of y'all are saying. Yeah. So you gotta, like, give it a second, like a one-second delay, and then chime in. Okay, yo, hear me out. Hear me out. Well, Mark said, Nate Diaz wins against Leon. He waits to see who wins out of uh, Poirier and Connor. Does he call out the winner or the loser? Winner. He calls out. He calls out Jake Paul. <sighs> I feel like I, I think if Nate can get the win, which I highly doubt he'll get the win, yeah. but I, I think if he does get the win, I feel like uh, the Connor fight, that fight is like a sandwich in your back pocket where it's always going to be there. It's always going to sell. Regardless of the regardless of the actual fighter's resumes at, the, at that time, that fight's always in the back pocket. But Jorge Masvidal, Pretty much seems like the one. That seems like the one he'll call out. Yo, you you beat me to it. That's what I was just about to say. If Jorge loses this Saturday, in reality, his last big money fight is the rematch against Nate. So, mm-hmm. 
But if Nate wins, now he has more leverage in a way. Because right. he just beat a top contender while Jorge just kept losing to the same dude. But if Dustin loses to Connor this go around, I'm pretty sure Connor's going to go aim for that title fight against the winner of uh, Chandler and Oliveira. So I don't think Nate's going to fight the winner of that fight. He might end up fighting the loser if it's Connor. You get what I'm saying? Yep. I can see that. There's so many variables going forward, like from Saturday. From Saturday on, there's so many variables because uh, this fight happens, what, two, three weeks after this pay-per-view this weekend? It won't even feel like a pay-per-view, you know that? Because we're going to it. That's the weird part about it. Like, I know it's a pay-per-view, but it doesn't feel like a pay-per-view like usual. You know what I mean? I mean, it's the most expensive pay-per-view we've watched. <laughs> There's a difference, though. There's a difference. We could smell them. We're paying all the money to go watch this one. <laughs> but we could smell them. That's the thing. <laughs> Yo, this paper. If they stink, we don't smell it. Yo. This hey, Mark, did she, change, did she change her mind? This paper. No, she did not. Oh. This pay per view costs five times as much as a normal pay per view. Right. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. But we're going to have a great time out there. We're going to be live. I mean, we're always live when we're watching the pay-per-view. It's not like we're doing it on Discord or something. Yo, <laughs> yo, I got a little fantasy land question for you. Let's say, hypothetically speaking, if Diaz does like what? If Diaz does beat Leon Edwards, how about this for a call-out? What about Nate Diaz versus Kobe Covington? We can. If you want Mexican. <laughs> That's if he wants to pursue the welterweight title, but I don't think he wants to. Well, I think nah, he, he just wants to fight fights. I'm, I'm, I'm only asking from a match, I'm, only, I'm only asking from a matchup standpoint. What do you think about Kobe versus Nate Diaz? That's an interesting matchup. I don't find it that interesting. I think Kobe <laughs> actually wins true. that pretty easily. Not gonna lie, and I hate Kobe. No, but. As a fan's perspective and thinking about the shit talk on the way up to that fight, that's just nothing but pure entertainment. <laughs> it is pure entertainment, but we can get it. Nate Diaz isn't the brightest star in the whole galaxy. That's what's great so about his, him, his trash talk. But you said, what, 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 cutting my foot? You know, you, you ain't gonna understand what he's saying. And Kobe's just gonna eat him alive on the mic. And he's just going to be saying some left field stuff. I don't even know what he's going to be saying, but I can imagine it's going to be hilarious. He's going to hey, he obviously be the heel. The... He's going to be the heel, and then Nate Diaz is just going to be the the guy that obviously has a bad vocabulary, and <laughs> he's just going to be flicking them off and saying 209. Or something. I don't know what he's gonna say, but talking, bitch. Yeah, he's gonna be saying something, and it, you know him and his brother and uh, what's their other crew? Uh, Shields. What's the name? Jake Shields, Gilbert. You know they're gonna be posted up, flexing in the back. You know they ain't gonna be saying much either. But yeah, that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Yo, Mark, you said so. Oh shit. So you said that. 
you don't think it would be a good matchup and that Kobe would um be able to put away uh, Nate pretty easily, right? Yeah. Here's did you did you consider this angle though? If you look at both fighters' fighting styles, it's kind of a mirror match. Like uh, Nate, even though Nate bleeds by far more than anybody in the whole roster, they both are volume strikers who don't really necessarily put you away. They try to cardio pace you and then tire you. Nate never gasses. Like he doesn't gas, even when he's getting his shit mm-hmm. kicked in. And he is not afraid at all of being taken down. But the biggest problem is when he does get taken down, that's where he has the biggest problem. All the people that lay and pray on him, that's where he loses fights all the time. And Kobe 100% has the grappling advantage when it comes to wrestling. Now, Nate Diaz has a great jiu-jitsu game, and he can always find something on the bottom. But I think that Kobe will just take him down and have his way with him. I think it'll be pretty evenly matched on the feet. And, you know, obviously Nate always takes some damage, but he just, he can power through or whatever. But when it goes to the ground game, I think he'll get taken down. I think ground and pound will happen and a lot of holding down. So that's just why I think that Kobe will run with it. They're pretty evenly matched until that aspect. And, you know, Nate's the type of person that won't fight the takedown. He'll just accept it. Well, that's when I'm looking back at Kobe's uh, ground, his ground uh, adversity. And uh, I think it was Worley Elvin who subbed him. Um, that, that's, one, that's one area where I feel like Nate could pose a threat to finish the fight is if he was um, trying to pull off a submission from off his back. But I think Kobe's also aware of that, too. So I think this fight will probably be mostly a kickboxing match. And if there's any grappling, it will probably be more clinch work by Kobe, not straight shooting for doubles and trying to get the fight to the ground. Because uh, this is most likely going to be a main event type fight and if it does happen. And I don't know if he wants to use his energy on putting put Nate to the ground if he can't finish him. Fair. So I don't know. I think it'll be a good matchup. It's obviously theoretical. It's not even close to being on radar. I think Leon Edwards wins, and maybe he's the one fighting Kobe, or maybe he's the one getting a title shot. But I don't know. I'm just playing a little fantasy land here. I I thought that would be a pretty interesting matchup, given that it could happen. It can get it, it can get signed because both got like both guys want a big payday, and anytime you have a fight with Nate, you're going to get one. Yo, that's so crazy, though, man. How did Nate reach this status? Two words. Conor McGregor. I know that. I know that. I know the answer, but it's just so crazy, man. Like Nate Diaz before was just, honestly, to me, Nick's younger brother, literally. Like, I mean, yeah, he's the ultimate fighter, winner of his season and he challenged for the title against Ben oh my god I just drew a blank on his name Ben Henderson toothpick man but still 
thing. <laughs> like, who was Nate Diaz before he took that fight on short notice against Connor? Shot the world with that choke, you know, after he got blitzed the first round, right? He was right. always that dude, though. Like, he was going there, slap around people, point at them, laugh at them, you know, do his thing. But Nate's the, always been the fighter's fighter. Exactly. That's who he always was. He was the fighter's exactly. fighter. Everyone that, like, the hardcores knew who he was. They loved him. They honestly, I don't think there was very many people that thought he was ever going to be champion, period. But, no. you know, they loved him as the fighter's fighter. Conor McGregor gave him the national stage. He gave him the worldwide stage to show that personality that everyone loved about him. I don't and even know that's how that skyrocketed him. It like it just all the cards <laughs> fell in his lap, like literally. He knew what most people knew. Like I could beat this guy. That's what he saw in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know the chain of events that actually led up to him getting the fight besides RDA getting a foot injury, right? Mm-hmm. Who else did they call? Was, was nobody wanting to take that fight against Conor at lightweight? Like, what was it? You get what I'm saying? He couldn't have been next time, to line. was pretty stacked. Like, I think there was a lot of fights that were already stacked, so they, there wasn't very many options. Oh, they and just couldn't rearrange around something. If I remember correctly, he was just coming off the Michael Johnson fight where it was a beautiful just one-two, one-two all night long against Michael Johnson, one. who was a good uh, name at I the time. For that so, yeah, so he had kind of like a backing for that where he was getting pushed for that Michael Johnson fight, and then they gave him Connor. Yeah, that fight was crazy. that cruise. Like you would imagine uh, Florida would have been cheering for Michael Johnson, but the whole arena in Orlando was cheering for Nate Diaz. I was like, what the 100%. fuck? 100%. Like, what's happening here? Like, Michael Johnson fights from Florida. Why is everybody cheering for Nate Diaz? <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I was one of them, too. I ain't going to lie. I was one of them. Uh, let's yeah. go, Nate. Let's go, Nate. <laughs> I was one of them. I was one of them. You know what? Um, thinking about Nate Diaz's career, he's very, very similar to fucking Masvidal, like where he had that like ability later in his career after a certain a certain fight, be able to achieve this crazy amount of superstardom, and it's a um, he got elevated to that fans that that like uh, fan favorite status. Whereas, um, I mean, like him and Masvidal had that same path. Like after Masvidal had that spectacular win versus Darren Till, pieced up Leon Edwards in the post fight, knocked out Ben Askren, he became this superstar. And then fittingly, Nate, after like his win versus Connor, um, that took him from being, you know, a fighter's fighter, quote unquote, this guy that everybody liked to see, to a international superstar. And now, then when they both came together for that BMF thing, that was so fitting because both guys, I think, as far as careers concerned, are mirrors. They're both, in essence, journeyman fighters who had a a recent spark. Journeyman. 
journeyman. You know, like, you know so I, I feel like um, Nate, to me, uh, I always thought Nick Diaz was probably the better fighter overall out of the two brothers, but um, Nate would get into the octagon more. Like, you see more appearances from Nate. So, for me, I think that uh, I would like – he has probably maybe four, five fights left that he can, you know, put in there. And I see some good matchups and some good um, fights, but will he be there to sign those contracts? That's the uh, question. Well, the me. thing with uh, his older brother, Nick, he was – what was it? Was it Bellator still? Or was it Strike Force? Where he was, he was champion over there, right? Mm-hmm. Then he came over to UFC and what he he pieced up. Uh, who did he fight? Did he fight uh, BJ Penn or was mm-hmm. that Nate? It was he BJ definitely. Penn, right? Or was it Nate? It's a good question. No, I gotta look that one up because I know something. One of those two fucked up BJ Penn. It hurt. My I want to say it was Nick Diaz fucked up BJ Penn. Oh no, no, no. Nate fought BJ Penn, I think, and uh, Nick fought Gomi. Yeah, and then Nick fought GSP. He finally got the fight. Where you at, George? Where you at, George? He finally yeah. got that fight. He got scooped repeatedly. Lost that fight. Then he fought Anderson Silva after that long layoff. That Anderson had after he broke his leg against Weidman's kneecap, and he laid down in the middle of the ring with his uh arm behind him, posing for the cameras. That was hilarious, and that fight ended up being a no contest. And then after that, I don't think. Oh, and you know what? I think it was no contest, wasn't it? Because uh he got suspended for five years for smoking weed, right? Yeah. It was- he got suspended indefinitely for smoking weed. Come got on, turned man. Over. Come on, man. For real? Like, weed? I, I was wrong. It was Nick Diaz that fought BJ Penn. Peace I'm, them up, I, right? I had those opposite. It was Nick Diaz that fought BJ Penn, and then Nate fought Gomi. Peace them up. Mm-hmm. But either way. That was a good podcast, guys. Yeah. Good long one. This we might be the longest the one we've done. Work. Yeah. Yeah, I think this might be uh well, the last one was two hours, right? This one might be pushing three hours. This one's over two hours. <laughs> oh, nice. How much of that was RJ random announcements to his kid don't, don't, to not touch that? That was like the last bit of it. It was, it was great. It was great. That was the last 30-minute section. That was so funny to me. I was like, yo, is he on speakerphone? Like, I'm, I'm a man. I couldn't, I couldn't see him. I'm like, is he on speakerphone? Hey, okay. Okay, guys. But on that note, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it out. Peace. La, la, la.